Hello, and welcome to episode 159 of the Gaming Fix podcast on February 13th, 2021. I am your host, Andre Cole, aka your partner's favorite Final Fantasy. I am joined today by Pat. Um, I think she's into... Um, I don't know. If, I guess probably like eight. She'd probably be an eight. Person. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. We gotta hang out. Uh, Alex. Uh, I've been really into fourteen. I don't think that's a surprise for anyone. Okay. Okay. No recency bias there. No, it's just really good. I also like eight, but. Okay. That's good. That's put some respect on that game. And special guest this week joining us, the podcaster formerly known as Bread, August. Hey guys, how you doing? Um, hey. Probably outing myself here, but I, I haven't played a ton of Final Fantasy. So oh, that's okay. Starting off on yeah, the wrong foot, maybe. No, they're good. We're not a Final Fantasy okay. podcast. <laughs> got, got like a Crystal Chronicles. Got a... Ooh, safe. <laughs> so that, that bears in mind a very good question. Where should someone start in 2021 if they've never played a final fantasy they should wait for final fantasy 16 no you could play or final fantasy 7 remake no you should play final Fa- I, no this is one i haven't played you should play final fantasy 6 because it was the last like it was a culmination of how, the, like, how, how are you final going fantasies. to play that how how is a normal person going to play that i'm game? i am confident that august would be able to find a way to play final <laughs> fantasy 6 i'm not going to explain how i would go about that because the fbi could be watching but uh <laughs> um might have to get scurvy yeah like yeah. final fantasy 6 is is, is <laughs> i and again i haven't played that one but it's like the one that's all like it's the, the last everyone loves one. yeah and then yeah. you can play eight and then you're done <laughs> yep if you really wanted you could you could start with seven og and then go to seven remake to see what the hype is i mean about. I love Seven, and obviously I loved Seven Remake based on our game of the year, it being number three uh, on our list. It was number three on my list, but it's also very—I don't know if if it's the best of those games for 2021 to start with. No, it's pretty. I would say, I would say probably not. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 rough, and I I I maintain that the remake doesn't really carry the same weight if you haven't played the first the original one. But totally, it's a good game. That makes sense. Is- 14 is really good. It's an MMO, but you, you get for free, you get to the end of the first expansion, and it's a really great story. The problem, so cat is like all over me. The problem with, uh, <laughs> with, with 14 for me is um, its story is really good, and I know that it gets really cool to play, but the first like 50 hours is so boring. It's and not fun a, to play yeah. because yeah. you push a button to enter combat, and then you watch your guy like swing a sword every like. 15 seconds and it depends on depends on your it job. depends on your class yeah yeah but unless you pick a class that is specifically like very um skill oriented and then even still it's still like a wow a like kind of like you're still playing hop bar button pushing um so i don't know you should it's, you should try the dancer that one's insane it's fun maybe i will maybe i will i'm gonna play it when that 4k update hits for ps5 yeah, so I could August. Yeah, y- you are a fellow podcaster. What is your fellow podcast? Um, well, not about Final Fantasy, clearly. Uh, but <laughs> the podcast I run is called uh, Bread Radio. Um, 
why bread? It's kind of a long story. Uh, the short story is basically I used to work in a kitchen and uh, there was this guy that delivered bread every morning. You know, it was right when I was getting into like podcasting and Twitch and deciding to like do my own thing. And he would come in every morning and go, bread morning, it's bread time. And I thought that was hilarious <laughs> for some reason. So uh, much like all success stories in the U.S., I stole that from him um, and started uh, bread. Ra- it, first, it was it's bread time. And then, then I uh, decided I, I solely wanted to do podcasts and start bread radio. So bread radio is a podcast with video games. We kind of go off the rails quite often. My co-host and I, one of my good, good friends, Greg, and um yeah. So it, yeah. And in our, our buddy Gary, our microtransactions guy. Um, but, uh, no, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we'll have to return the favor sometime for sure. It's, it's great finding some other people to talk games about because Greg and I end up in our own echo chamber pretty, uh, pretty easily. So for sure. It's nice having this crew of people cause we're all have like disparate interests. We, we overlap <laughs> in places, but we're like, we just hear about, the most like disparate things from this group of people that it's like, I've never heard of this. This is not something I would ever look at, but okay, sure. You don't have to subtweet me like that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, this goes for everyone. And like, you know, I do the same thing, Uh, but it's nice to have someone else who has worked in a kitchen in here. And now I can tell this, I, this, I can tell I worked worked in a kitchen. Okay. I I never came up, I guess. I don't know. So in, in kitchens, it's very important to like, you know, state where you are, like, Oh, behind or like coming around the corner, you know, like corner. And, uh, when so you can working. prepare with your knife to, to yeah, yeah, kill yeah. them. Uh, right. But so when people would yell corner in the kitchen I was working in, I would always respond, corner? I barely know her. Oh, my God. And, oh, my God. Uh, this, you were younger oh, then. That would get old right away. Huh? I, this was four years ago. Uh, <laughs> three and a half Wait, did, years okay. ago. To be, to be clear, did you say this every time? Mm, 80% of the time. <laughs> Okay. Oh boy. Uh, and, and so it caught on with my friend, uh, my work dad, um, who is only like less than a year older than me, or maybe just over a year older than me. Um, and so they started saying corner. I barely know her. And then they were giving a tour to a new employee and they said it in the middle of the middle of the tour. And the employee was just like, what, what are you talking about? Oh no. Oh my God. Yeah, it was, that was, that was a good time. That I, was, I've noticed a, a Venn diagram of folks that have like worked in a kitchen and podcasters and, and it's, and maybe it's because when you're in the kitchen, you have time to listen to podcasts. Um, at least for me, that's what it was. I was like, this is great. Now I have a bunch of thoughts about, this topic and I need a medium to get it out. So that's kind of why I ended up starting my own and I've since left the industry, but um, it, it was just that vehicle for me, you know, I, uh, I had the double, I worked in a kitchen in a cafe that was tiny, tiny kitchen. We didn't actually have enough of a corner anywhere to say corner. Mm. (laughs) Um, But, uh, Barely know her, uh, but uh, but I also worked in the market that we maintained next door, uh, and did a bunch of like prep work there and like cut stuff there and stuff. So I was almost always I worked that job like forty to fifty hours a week in college, and I was pretty much always listening to like a podcast or something. So I think that tracks. Yeah, that's I the grind. Listen to podcasts during my 
shitty kitchen job. The college um, where I worked, it was because I could do whatever I wanted because if they fired me, there would be no one to work at the restaurant. <laughs> That's so it was kind of similar to me too. It, well, it was more like one day I didn't ask if I could just start listening and stuff. I just did. But because I yes. showed up every single day and like we had such high turnover, I ended up being like the highest tenured person there. Yep. My boss was just like, do whatever you want, man. I'm just glad you're here. It was yeah. like, sweet. <laughs> I got, I somehow managed my way into like a supervisor position, like a student supervisor position. And that was, I should not have had that, but personality got me there. Not skill. <laughs> Cause <laughs> I was there for like three months and the, like one of the managers like, Hey, you should apply for this job. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I need to put that on my LinkedIn. Personality got me there. Not yeah. I was uh, I was not fully trained at all. I I didn't know how to make coffee for like a year, even after being trained for like the supervisor position. (laughs) Even though I was like routinely put in charge of the cafe, I was like, I I don't know. These kids know how to do it. Do you want drip coffee or drip coffee? Yeah, (laughs) I I could do drip coffee. I I was like the latte. No idea. I got up to fast track, Uh fast track to imposter syndrome. (laughs) Did we start talking about my current job as I was jumping up to feed the cat? No, we were talking about Andre's ascension to uh, higher places through through, through pure just. It wasn't even imposter syndrome because I like I knew I was like I there's no reason that I should have this job other than like I have good personality and like right place right time I guess Uh, yeah it was you know. Whatever. Uh, but this speaking, is not speaking, a job podcast. Yeah, speaking of podcasts. <laughs> uh, yeah. Video games. Yeah. Never played them. Uh, how about uh, August? You go You go first. What did you bring this week to talk about? Oh, man. I know Pat's um, excited about it. I am. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, so there was this game that came out this week that kind of caught... I don't know. I don't want to say the internet by storm. That's kind of... They sold you a million know, copies. Well, I was sold a million copies already. Yeah. And uh, it, anyway, I'm bearing the lead. Valheim. Yeah. Um, Heck yeah. Out on Steam, I think only right now it's early access. And uh, the only thing I'll try and keep it brief because I can probably talk about this game for we, a long time. I really, I really enjoy it. We uh, talked about it great. a little bit last week because I've been playing it as well pretty extensively. Um, great. But I didn't. I listened to your most recent episode until you were talking about Valheim because. I wanted to participate in the conversation really bad and was like, and <laughs> we'll be able to, so nice. to, so to preserve your, your, the, the, wanted to hear your, your thoughts from you. So, yeah. Right. Well, the way I look at Valheim and you look at screenshots, you watch the video and you're like, okay, it's another one of those, right? It's a mm-hmm. survival. It's a survival game with an art style. And you're like, okay, what's so impressive about it? It's got a $20 price tag. But once you get into the game, uh, there are there are some key differences between it and other survival games that I've played that just improve the quality of life enough mm-hmm. for me that the the gameplay loop is just... It's, it's great. Um, uh, the for example, food. Food as a resource in survival games is one of my least favorite mechanics in video games because you're just constantly having to monitor your health. Um, for example, like in Minecraft, like that's probably like the best example. If you don't have food, you have a food meter. It goes to, to zero, and then you start losing health. 
in Valheim, food serves as a buff. Yep. So you can, if you don't want to interact with food for a little while, you don't necessarily have to. Could you get one hit by enemies? Yes. But if you're just building in your camp and you have a wall set up or something, you don't necessarily need to worry about those resources, which is great. And then if you're going out into the world, you can eat food to raise your health and your stamina meters. So like, that's just one of the quality of life things in Valheim that I, I just really enjoy. It's so smart too, because you can eat three different kinds of food and then, and different kinds of food have different bonuses to health and different bonuses to stamina. So you might go for like a stamina heavy diet before you go out to go do something. If you're like going to go mining and eat like the stamina high foods and not have as high a health, but you can swing your pickaxe for longer, or you might want to go into a dungeon and eat a more balanced um, selection of food. Uh, like it's like cereal? Cool. Um, like a balanced breakfast? I don't think there's cereal. I don't cereal. think so. Carrot I don't soup. think there's cereal yet. Yeah, there's carrot soup, but it's basically it's like your stamina. fruits and your veggies improve yeah. your stamina and your like meat byproducts improve yep. your your health stat um it's also no decay on the food which is great yes oh, having played a lot of arc last year you log in after three or four days because we didn't turn our server off every night you log in after every three or four days and you have just like enormous piles of rotten meat in your chest just like real life because it rots but in valheim the food doesn't decay or, or go away your food right. your food so, meat like you have to keep eating but the food in your inventory doesn't decay Okay, right. my question. Does that seem like a deliberate choice by the devs? Like, does that yeah. seem like they yes. wanted it that way? Or is it like yep. a feature they will implement in the future? No, they wanted it. I'm no, I, sure. I think they know they have the secret sauce with that. Yep. There, okay. there are two other key things that Valheim does. Um, I'll probably think of more because I, I, if it's not clear, I really like this game. Uh, compared to other survival games that I think set it apart. I mean, it's got a ton of RPG elements, so... Just like a Skyrim, you gain skill points by doing something. You gain skill points by using your axe. You gain club skill by using a club or a mace or a hammer, for example. Uh, jumping Skyrim. skill, swimming skill. Um, yeah, Skyrim. You can play it on your your mini fridge. You can't play Valheim in your mini fridge yet, but Skyrim you can. Yet. Yet. Um, yet. Um, so, like, the RPG elements and having... There are, like, five world bosses. I've beat a couple with my buddies. It's very... It's co-op focused rather than PvP focused. You can play PvP, but that's not necessarily the spirit of the game. So um, that's one of the things that's kind of kept me away from a, a, a rust, for example. Like I, I don't really need to deal with griefing. I'm just there. I'm just there to have a time with my pals. So that's been great. Um, and the other thing I'll say, it's kind of related to resourcing with food. Um, all of your items do degrade. So if you have a pickaxe, a bone pickaxe, for example, it'll degrade faster than a bronze pickaxe, pickaxe, which will degrade faster pick than ass. an iron pickaxe. Yeah, pickaxe. That's my new item. Um, <laughs> Valheim has it all. I'm not not kidding. Um, but <laughs> in, um, again, I, I guess I'll use Minecraft as a comparison. It's the most recent like survival game I've played. Instead of your axe just breaking and you have to go build an entirely new one. You essentially just need to hone the edge. So you go back to your workbench and you repair your item, and that repair cost is 100% free. Yeah. So you don't oh. end up in that resource chug where you're constantly like, you know, like if 
you have a diamond pickaxe. Your diamond pickaxe breaks. You don't have any more diamonds. You have to go on a three-hour escapade to find more diamonds and build a pickaxe just so you can do what you were doing. Now you can just go back, repair your items, and get back right right to what you were doing, which is which is great because you still have to be thoughtful about what you're bringing with you because it does take a while to get around the world, but it doesn't punish you for using your items, which I really, really appreciate. It's it's very satisfying when you repair a whole, when you come back from a long adventure and you repair a bunch of stuff because you can just fast click the repair button and it goes like because it plays like a little ding noise and you repair stuff. So it's especially funny when I'm like working the smelter and I hear someone come back. I'm playing with three other friends. I hear someone come back and just like hammer the repair button from <laughs> outside. Uh, oh, it's, 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 it's a global good. sound, so people can hear it. That's great. Yeah, if you're nearby. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So it's. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Um, I, say, I, I would say too. Redu- sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we have some lovely latency going on with our call. Today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also had that. somebody I'll, I'll, trying I'll say to my get thing after. up. Yeah, the um the the other thing I would say too is it's it's difficult to get around the world the first time cuz you ex- are exploring mm-hmm. and it's dangerous. So um you know, you're kind of like picking through especially once you get to like the swamp biome, that place is rough. Oh man. So we just um, got there. Yeah, so you're like picking through the swamps and there's stuff that can one-shot you if you don't have good armor even if you've eaten a fair bit of stuff. Um but um the the once you've kind of explored some, you can put down portals, which are relatively affordable, mm-hmm. and then you can just kind of warp around the world. But it's smart because you can't take ore, which is sort of the thing you need to progress through the world to make yourself stronger anyway, because you can get better equipment with it. Um, so you still have to run the ore back by hand because it won't let you teleport if you're holding it, um, which is kind of a cool way to uh, to tackle that problem. Yeah, I I don't think it can be stated enough that like the sense of progression in Valheim just feels very good. To your point in the swamp, things just one hit you. But in the first couple of areas in the Black Forest, for example, which is I think the second area, yeah, uh, there's some enemies in there that are pretty treacherous. Like you have to be very wary if you just started the game. And now I can run through it without worrying at all. So like. Yep. Slowly feeling yourself get more and more powerful without even kind of realizing it and then moving from zone to zone. It feels really, really good. Yes. It's a great mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the thing I was going to say earlier, um, and I don't want to be reductive, is like it sounds like the devs had a list of favorite games and then they just kind of made a mashup of all of them, like the parts they liked best. And like that's kind of awesome because. I think something about game, well, any creative industry really, but games in particular is you're never really going to have that original idea, right? Like something has been made that at least has parts of this before at some point. And so these guys are just wearing guys and ladies, I don't know, it's a four team, four person team. Four person team from Sweden, Mm -hmm. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like, yeah, they're just wearing their influences right on their. Like on their sleeves, and it's like it seems like it's got some Terraria in there. Like you said, uh, it seems like it's got Skyrim in there. It seems like it's got a bit of Monster Hunter in there, to a manner of speaking. Like a little with bit. the like boss with- spawning, there's a little bit of that because you're you're fighting big, huge bosses. They feel a little more like um, WoW raid bosses to me than like a, a Monster Hunter monster. But yeah, right. Yeah, it it definitely like we took on a boss the other night and. It was like five or six of us, and we'd clearly underprepared. There were some enemy spawners around, and it ended up feeling like an actual raid. 
we were fighting yeah. that thing for about an hour because uh, we, we were underpowered and we had other enemies chasing us. It was it was mayhem, but like the sense of accomplishment once we finally like down the boss felt felt pretty damn good. We had a we we had a really fun. I mean, it was probably the same boss, um, but we 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 spawned it the first time and almost died because we were like not prepared, and then we ran away, and it didn't de- they don't despawn when you run away. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, we didn't either. Uh, <laughs> and um, so then we came back, and we came back like loaded for bear, and we're like, okay, well, we we're gonna guess that because of this, what this boss is, that bringing fire arrows is gonna be a smart call. So everybody brought their best bow with fire arrows, and sure enough, that was like smart preparation. And we ended up winning without anybody going down, but it was still, it still felt like we could, we were always like one misstep away from somebody dying because of how much damage it would do. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is really cool. It felt like really good so, accomplishment. And the boss fights look so cool because they have like, <laughs> like they have heavy metal starts playing and stuff. Right. And <laughs> So if someone does go down, is it a respawn or is there any kind of like uh, get them up mechanic? Like down? It's like down, Dark Souls. Oh, okay. Um, yep. you, you, your corpse doesn't disappear if you die again, so you can go back and get it, but you're, you only have a marker on your map for your most recent corpse. Gotcha. So, um, if you, if it's somewhere really dangerous, you can keep trying to go get your stuff, but, um, you have to mark on your map. You also lose progress towards the next level of, um, skill for whatever your, your skills are. So when you get to high levels where it's taking like a long time to fill up that XP bar, dying has a greater consequence. Right. But um, you don't lose your stuff. It's it's not okay. possible to lose your stuff gotcha. unless you die in such a bad place that you can never get it back. For example, yeah, so my buddy were... died out in the ocean like oh, last 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 Saturday <laughs> or something. Well, he was still early. He was still learning the game, so he had a raft and he decided to try and take it out as far as he could into the ocean. And he encountered a sea serpent. <laughs> and uh, needless to say, raft versus sea serpent did not go well. Um, but you could every time we sail past that particular area, you can still see his little tombstone just like floating in the water. <laughs> they float on the top of water. Yeah. So that's the other thing that's kind of wild. Um, like the nothing really despawns. Like if you go somewhere and chop down a tree that and don't pick it up, that tree kind of just stays there yeah. forever. Hmm. It's uh, pretty wild. Like the continuity throughout the the world map. We're wondering at what point the server is going to start to chug. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Like when, that sounds like a memory leak to me. <laughs> um, it hasn't had been a problem yet, and the no, game is a very been. lightweight. Like it's not. Um, it's only like two gigs or something like that of space. Like to so. Hopefully, the server has enough RAM that we're using a G portal server. Hopefully, it has enough RAM that it's uh, not gonna collapse under its right. own weight. Um, but the maps are star. really big, so um, yeah. Yeah. I think we've just scratched the surface and I'm still learning more. It's it's one of the like the sense of discovery in that game's great. Yeah. My the last thing I want to point out for people um that might like finally tip any someone over the edge that's listening is my favorite thing I think so far about the game is the ways in which you acquire resources changes from so far anyway. I don't know how it changes after the swamp, but the first couple biomes it's like, "Oh, we found a copper vein." And we found a tin vein so we can make bronze and we're hitting it with pickaxes and taking the, the ore to camp. Standard survival game stuff. Once you hit the swamp and you need iron, you have to start going in dungeons to get it specifically. It only appears in dungeons. So it changes from being a standard like, 
oh, run around in the woods and try to find a copper vein to being more of a like, okay, well, we have to prep to go get some iron because these dungeons are rough in the swamp and we need to kind of go in as a group and we need to have poison resist because there's lots of poison enemies there. So that's, I think that's a really cool, um, it's cool that you, you're, you're not just looking for ore forever in increasing difficulty areas. Uh, sorry, Alex, I cut you off a second ago. You were going to mention no, something. No, no, it's, it, it's all good. Uh, I'm, at this point, I'm just going to say it sounds like a neat game. I don't, it's not normally my kind of game. I'm not usually into survival games, but it seems like something worth playing. Like, is it, like, what would you say is the minimum amount of folks you should have on a server? Like, is it something you could do with two people? Is it better with four, eight, whatever? Your mileage may vary, I guess, is what I'd, I think it's, it's, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I think the enemies scale, I think, depending on yeah. whoever's in the server. So, oh, okay. like, there, there are people that are just playing solo, which is fine. I, I like playing with multiple people because stamina becomes a really important part of fighting, like, some of the bosses. And if you run out of stamina for it, stamina you use for your bow you use for running you use for jumping you use for swimming so if you run out of stamina in a boss fight sometimes having someone there to to kite the boss for you while you like take a potion or regen or sure. run back a little bit is helpful but um we've we have about like 10 to 12 folks in our server and at max we'll have like six or seven in any time any one time but there are people in there playing solo two people um it's it's pretty versatile they, I think, say for the best experience to play with like three to five people, um, like as your group sizes, but then the max that you can have on a server at any time is 10, which is, I think, another reason why the game is really um, good and easy to get into is something like Ark. I touched on this, I think, last week a little bit, but like when we were playing Ark, I was playing with a four person group and we had a lot of fun, but that game is designed for large groups. So all of its bosses are yeah. actually like wow raid bosses where you need 20 to 30 to 40 people to kill the boss. So for yeah. us, the only way we would be able to do that content is to cheat or to change server settings that I didn't have fun trying to find the right balance on. So Valheim is great because it really does scale to the number of people you have. And it, you know, at max you're going to play with 10 people at a time. It's cool. Yeah. But uh, I think, uh, how long is the tale of this game? I'm not sure. I mean, I already have maybe 30 hours in this. Yeah, like 40, and, I think. And I'm only in the third area, and I know there are five world bosses. There are a couple other areas I've seen on like a stream or two. I'm not trying to like spoil that much for myself or for, or anyone else at this point. Um, but it's I, I feel like I'm I'm I've played for 30 hours, and I honestly feel like I'm getting to more some of the more meaty sections, and that's exciting for me. Yep. Yeah. And you know, it's set to have, um, it's an early access release, which is one of the craziest parts of it is that it, they have four more biomes. I want to say that are oh, wow. planned, um, for the early access period. And they've said probably that'll happen over the course of the next year. Um, and then they have other, a bunch of the roadmap's pretty cool. There's a bunch of stuff on it. Uh, okay, uh, I have one last question because otherwise we'll be on this for three hours. And not, a, not that that's a bad thing. It sounds really cool. But do you know how long they were developing it for? Like, is this kind of something they've been, okay? So it's been like they've been working on this for like two or three year kind of thing, and yeah, now they're putting it out. They've been working on it in an alpha state for I think two to three years, yeah. And um, okay. I think it was like a side gig for them. They were accepting donations uh, through their itch, and um, you could like pay 
and get the alpha. Um, but this early access release is kind of the, the, the first big, huge overhaul to the, the game that they've done a long time. And they got picked up by coffee stain mm-hmm. studios, makers of oh, satisfactory yeah, yeah. Right. and goat simulator. Um, and deep rock galactic. It's publishers of deep rock. Yeah. Oh, um, deep, deep rock. Sorry. Publishers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the, the coffee stain has pretty good taste when it comes to what they publish, I would argue mm. <laughs> at least, um, cause deep rock is also very, very good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm pretty pretty psyched for the future of it because right, it's clearly successful. Yeah, they. Uh, my last thought on this is they've done early access right. Like it feels like a the price point's fantastic. The value you get for that price point, you know, for me, price point isn't as important. But I know that's a discussion a lot of folks like mm-hmm. like to have. Um, but it's right there in that sweet spot, and it, it feels like a complete game. And there's still more to come from what I see on their their uh, slated roadmap. It was very so, easy to get three friends. I was actually one of the people that somebody else got. I will pick up one of my friends comes to me and says, Hey, we can play this game. Even if it's just for a few hours, I'll pay 20 bucks to me. That's worth it. Mm-hmm. But a couple of the people in the group of my friends that I'm playing with are like, they like only buy games on sale and they, they hem and haw a lot about the, the purchase, which is totally fair. If you know, not budgets are a thing. Um, but, uh, but, but this one, because it's twenty bucks was was the reason why everyone was willing to jump in on it. Uh, yeah, certainly low barrier to entry, low barrier to entry, good quality game. So yeah, 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 for sure. Um, the other thing I brought to the table for you guys because I kind of just wanted to hear what you guys thought about it. Um, oh there's been only negative press about it, and for some reason I ran upstream and and bought one. I don't I don't know why, uh, but Google Stadia. Um, I was just, it's been bad news story after bad news story for this game. And I, I, th- I think we have some stuff on the news for it today, but um, I was just so curious about the text. What? Or like, or the tech rather. Uh-huh. And um, it's pretty, it's the tech works, right? And I think, yeah. I, I think I've said, I don't think Google's going to be the one to lead cloud gaming. You look at Xbox with xCloud and PlayStation with PS Now and GeForce, I think has GeForce Now. But I, I'm just curious if any of you guys have tried any sort of like cloud gaming before. Um, so I think the short version is anytime we've talked about Stadia, the, the takeaway we have has basically been the tech seems amazing. Like legit, the tech mm-hmm. is really amazing and when it works. And, and when, yeah, sure. But your but mileage may vary, of course. But yeah, it doesn't work. But, but, I mean, but. Dep- yeah. Depends on the depends on the situation. Like totally. for someone like Pat, where it it generally doesn't work. Well, when I when I did the beta, when they were doing like Project Stream, it worked for me when I was at my mom's house. But I can't do yeah. it here in it's Japan. Funny, so it's, it's, well, I'll let you finish. Then I, yeah. oh, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on the yeah. tech side of it too. Yeah, like, but I think like from the programming side of it, like from the infrastructure side of it, and all of that, it's really impressive. And there's a lot of technology there that like is amazing uh but the thing that kills it is the service side like the right. the the structure and just the general approach to things like from the start it's always seemed like they've just been misguided in terms of how they're structuring like what stadia pro really gets you versus you know like it should kind of it seems like it should be a subscription service to get you know access to games kind of like what luna's trying to do and mm-hmm. uh, you know xbox game pass for all that with uh xcloud right. and all that so really it's more just a subscription to like renting a console 
and then you still have to buy games for the console, but you don't the, own the console. That's kind of yeah, where the and, yeah, and they're so expensive too. Like like you, some of the games are like more expensive on Stadia than they are on like PC or console, right? And I think the tech breaks down for me in the like it may be programmed well, but like they're asking developers to port games to it. Yeah. Um, and that no developers don't want to do that because there's no install base really. And tell that to you. We'll get, we'll get get to do a new story soon. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I think, um, my negativity around the tech has largely been that like, it's, I played through red dead redemption one on PS now, before Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, I had a great experience. Like, my connection was great for it. There was a tiny bit of artifacting here and there, but other than that, it was perfect. I played Stadia on the same, like, a, my computer, which, but it was it's also hardwired to my router, and Stadia runs like crap for me. So I think, like... Interesting. You're, it varies so much based on your proximity to data centers, mm-hmm. and, um, like, I played a... I tried to play PUBG on Stadia... And it looked horrible. It looked like the mobile version of the game, and it and it there was so much video artifacting. It was impossible to play it with the latency issues. So mm-hmm. I think it just depends. I think these services can be a really fantastic option for people who can't or don't want to purchase a PC or a console and just want to play on like their phone or something. But th- I think the issue I have with Stadia's tech is that it's so uneven. How what your experience is going to be and it doesn't feel like it feels like already microsoft and sony are doing it better than stadia and google is in terms of like the tech side even though like the initial promise of stadia seemed really cool um right because they were going to do unique things they just really haven't so uh, yeah i don't know so and there's a thought that i heard on um this podcast called Red Radio, I think, <laughs> where one of the hosts had mentioned something about how it seemed like they might be like Google might be like five years early on this, and right. I tend to agree because like yeah. to expand upon that, I think like streaming is the future, um, as one August said from Bread Radio, uh, that streaming probably will be the future. It's just that. I think the infrastructure for most of the states and North America mm-hmm. and probably the world to a certain extent, which is where isn't there. most of this stuff is rolled out. Like you can get Stadia in like the UK. As far as I know, yeah. it's not available in like Asia. Um, yeah, but and that's where like you know big market uh, increase is going, and that's a lot of mobile well, stuff, and that's yeah, you know, that helps it, with the yeah. uh, you know the streaming stuff. Um, is it out? Is it out in India? Because like that would be a huge I, market. I, for I don't know. No idea. That would that would make sense because like I mean they it just would. they're they just or they're just about to launch the PS5 in India. Yeah. Um, no, it is yeah. not in India. That's surprising. Yeah, I, I figured it's 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 basically North America, UK, but like with Europe. Stadia in particular, if you live in a rural area, which is an oh, yeah, enormous totally. number of people, especially in mm-hmm. Asia, it's not yeah. you're not gonna be able to use it. It's gonna I mean like you could probably use it to play like XCOM right. or something that's very, very like turn-based and slower paced but but uh, asia a lot of asia is still like china india is still like uh, an emerging market yeah. for a lot of the stuff so like even just getting metropolitan areas for them would be sure. like, a big yeah. win um, um yeah but I, it's I, just a tough <laughs> sure <laughs> tough i think it's interesting either. that no one i haven't really seen anyone talk about uh, luna like 
at all. Yeah. Like I know it's, it's like in beta. If I guess. I'm honest, I have no idea what that is. It's just it's, Amazon's it's, version. It's of just, it. it's a, but it's a subscription service where yeah. you're subscribing for like a library of games instead of yeah. I you, paying you for the subscribe. privilege of playing the games you bought in 4K. Yeah, <laughs> you can subscribe to they. You can You can subscribe to what they call channels. So like. One of the big channels they have is the Ubisoft channel now. It's so like you get all these so Ubisoft games. It's worth noting if you get Uplay Plus, I want to say, or Ubisoft Connect, whatever the hell they're calling it now, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you get that stuff on Stadia. Like it's, it's this that's, the Luna okay. subscription stuff isn't that vastly different than Stadia's Pro model because I mean, like it, but it is more different. like a game. Luna's more like a Game Pass than than uh, Pro, Stadia. Stadia like, Pro is like PS Plus kind. Of, I mean, you get a bunch of games. You, you from get, it. but yeah. you still like other games. You have to buy. Or Luna, you're not buying games. You're just paying the subscription. You just have. They don't have any way for you to purchase games. I, at all. As far as I know, it's oh, just okay. a library. Yeah, that games, would be different for yeah. sure. Then. As far as I know, that yeah. definitely seems like the the streaming future. Like, it's yeah, like agreed. That's what I've always said. That Game Pass, I think. Will eventually merge with like their X Cloud service. I mean, it'll just be stream our Game mean, Pass games. One, it's all one yeah. thing now, um, right? So they're already they just there. Gotta so, get it oh, on iOS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. So they have to get so, it out to more people and uh, make make the case for like why you should get Game Pass without having like a, a console. Because right now it's only on Android, so you can't like do it on your PC or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think it's all of their games either. No, it's not. It's no, only okay. a handful. Yeah. So I have right, one well, more cur- curmudgeon old man thought before handing oh, yeah. it back to August for your thoughts old on man, actual, Old man he's, he's yells at cloud. Yeah, precisely. Uh, I'm, I'm here like, for it. Yeah. My, my last thing is they, it was so dumb how it only works on that one Chromecast. And they only, <laughs> like, within the past couple months, started ro- rolling it out like into TVs and stuff. Like, it should have just been yes. there from the start. And on old right. Chromecast Ultras or mm-hmm. even just regular Chromecasts, but it, that's that's dumb. <laughs> Anyways, how is Stadia? August? No, I, I, so my experience with it, with it was, I mean, relatively positive. I live in a in a you know top twenty city in the U.S. So and I have decent internet, so I didn't really have any latency issue. Uh, I tried Destiny two out just to see if there's any input lag with the with the controller. Um, it ran pretty well. I had one internet hiccup that made me restart a mission, which wasn't great, but it still looked pretty good on my 4K television. Um, also tried like controller. A, controller feels good. I would I would honestly uh, liken it to the Switch Pro controller. That's what its form factor kind of feels similar. Vibration feels good. It, it's nowhere near like a Dual Sense uh, the, for the PS5, mm-hmm. uh, but it's definitely serviceable. Um, Am I going to play a ton of Stadia? Probably not. Like, I have a few months of Stadia Pro for free, so I just wanted to, like, download all the games that they gave me with that and, and see what that tech's yeah. about. Mostly, I wanted to own the controller, so 10 years from now, I can hold this up and be like, hey, remember this thing? This was kind of weird, you know? <laughs> um, that's how I feel about my prototype Steam controller that's like doesn't have any of the touch like pads. Oh, it doesn't have any real buttons. Looking. It's it's real it janky, is. but it, it right. broke, so it doesn't work at all. But it because I got one of the prototype Steam machines and that came with it, and it was uh, real weird to try it, like play Team Fortress Two with that janky ass thing. Yeah, so like this was basically just an experiment of 
like new tech and there was like a sale and I wanted a Chromecast anyway. So it's just like, you know what, for a few extra bucks, I'll get the controller and see what this whole thing's about. Um, I think I fall on the side. I I'm, I'm with you guys. Like I think the tech, the tech is cool, but the Google can't do everything on their own. Like we, you have to rely on the infrastructure of, of where you're living. Um, which is why I think we're still five to 10 years away until our infrastructure can catch up with like streaming demands. Um, that's another reason I think disc consoles are going to be king still for another 10 years because rural areas are not able to, to just digitally download for free. There's data caps everywhere. Uh, the interesting note I had is, is playing stadium 4k. So you could 20 gigs per hour. They said was the, the number. So like, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. I, part of like I don't think I have a data cap. I don't even know if I have a soft one anywhere. I've never ran into trouble, but I was like, maybe I don't play this for ten hours because I'm kind of worried about finding out if I have yeah. one. So <laughs> I uh, uh, I have a, a one. It's now one point two terabyte data cap, so I don't really hit it anymore. But right. we used to bump up against it all the time when it was only a terabyte. Uh, and there's then that was without streaming a ton of stuff. Um, so yeah, there's no way that. I, that I would ever even do that anyway. Um, PS now was like so much less my experience. Yeah. And uh, just stadia killing their first party studio last week. And uh-huh. I don't know it, you guys mentioned Luna, which I'm now looking into. It just feels like Amazon and Google are, you know, they're bottom line companies. So if they don't see this thing making money for them almost immediately, it's going to get abandoned at some point. I expect that to happen yeah. with Stadia. Who knows what's going to happen with Luna? But I mean, the game marketplace ecosystem is is really packed. So I just I don't know if there's space for for those two right now. Luna seems like a safer like it. It'll probably stick around just because if you had to hedge your bet. Yeah, like I, you know, it it's like a, you know, there's someone needs to be there, like making the deals and like shepherding the thing, but sure. and like they can improve it, but there's, <laughs> sure, right. but that's more just like there's hey, no asses got, in Luna <laughs> yet. Uh, just wait, they'll get the H games. Steam got oh, there, god. Luna will get there. Oh god, uh, for I, 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 Eric Getty getting this week. Oh, anyways, I don't. <laughs> uh, we'll he'll be first Wait. in line for Amazon Luna. But like, I mean, Luna is using AWS, right? Like, I think. I would assume. Yes, like, it's just I mean, using, you'd have, it's, have to. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just using that existing infrastructure, it's and they're probably not doing anything crazy fancy with it. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like G- Google has a graveyard that grows every day, like of. Products they just kill, whereas Ada Google like fiber. Amazon, like yeah, uh, inbox that one still hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I think I, you're the I, only one that. Nope, nope, me too. I, 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 I think about it every day. I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> um, every day, but like a, Amazon, like for all the issues I take with them, AWS side of things, they don't kill things frequently. They're willing to kind of support it and see what happens. So. Mm-hmm. I, It'll get rolled into well, Prime eventually. Okay, that's not AWS. Well, I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think their like first party game studios will necessarily last. But I no. think like the streaming, like the Luna stuff, that'll that'll last. Yeah, I imagine so. Because it, it's relatively low effort for them. 
it, it feels like the first party studios are part of the pitch. Like, let's get into video games, and then they realize mm-hmm. they can make more money as a marketplace. Just oh, like, this you know, is Valve really and Steam. hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, like, so that's probably where the money is. And it's surprisingly, it's a lesson that you'd think they'd have learned because, like, on live was around like 15 years ago and like Gaikai like over well, 10 that years was, ago. Like, that was like so far ahead of Gaikai. the curve. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, that's a, like that was more just like the lot. tech isn't there yet. Like I, I played Deus Ex, the Human Revolution, like Human the Revolution? first like of yeah. the modern ones. Uh, I tried playing that. It was fucking awful on online. Yeah. No, uh, online absolutely was not great. <laughs> Technically, when I played Red Dead on PS Now, which is still the best streaming experience sure. i had it was built on the bones of gaikai yeah yeah <laughs> like, so. you know uh, they they like you know they use that to get us somewhere but you know back when on live or gaikai was a thing mm-hmm. not a good experience yeah but which is why to full circle it that's why the tech has been so impressive with uh, stadia like it right. works but it's yeah. just everything surrounding it is questionable sometimes <laughs> It's the 2020 of gaming streaming services. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I just wanted to I just wanted to hear what you guys thought and if I was on the on to something, perhaps. But I think uh, overall, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't think that Google's gonna kill Stadia with the same um enthusiasm. That yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't know that I agree um that it's gonna die quickly because I think they're going to be trying I think you'll probably no longer be able to buy games on it in a year or two. And then mm-hmm. they're going to sit and go, well, how do we solve the problem? We don't want to give everyone refunds, but we, but valve won't just give us keys for them. So right. like, what do we, how do we give these people these games that they bought? So I bet that it'll be a shambling yeah. corpse that exists for quite some time. Google play credit for everybody. Oh, Google Play Music, you, dog. Do you think that'll do? They'll do that. That would be so funny if that was their solution. <laughs> We're giving you a hundred dollars in Google credits. You're never going to find enough stuff to spend it on. <laughs> Buy a Google Home. Have you heard of Candy Crush? Play Candy Crush. Yeah, it's <laughs> microtransactions. It's gotcha for uh, what is a uh, Genkai? What is a Genshin Impact? There we yeah, go. There go. Impact, yeah. I was thinking of Genkai Yu Yu Hakusho. There we go. Now that's just a game. just watch through the whole. That's a whole other tangent, but I just yeah, finished that series buy again. Every, buy every season of Yu Yu Hakusho with your Google Wait, Play credit talking. from Stadia. Now you're talking. I think I've got a free season from like the Microsoft Store. Like The first season was free at some point. Nice. I think it's streaming now. I've got Hulu. the first, four, um, I think first two, first four manga right here in Japanese. No, my Japanese isn't good we enough. We can't go down this road. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a shame. I'd play Genkai Impact. Genkai? Yeah, Genkai. That's what the world needs, a Yu Hakusho game. Yeah, Yu Hakusho yeah. gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, there is one. It's only in Japanese, though. Sure, mm. Of course there is. There, There is a Reddit where someone asked... How horny do you is think it? This game will, do you think this game will come out in America? And people are just laughing. Ha 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 ha. Yu Yu Hakusho game come out in America. I mean, I'm not going to actually... I love Yu Yu Hakusho. I'm not going to actually play a Yu Hakusho gotcha. There's no, no way. I would. I've got... No I way. I currently have two One Piece might... gotcha games installed on my phone. No. I've, I've only opened no. one and played the tutorial. Um, but... Uh... Pat, what have you been playing? So, that aren't 
uh, gotcha game. The first thing I have to sl- semi me a culpa on, I believe, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or in our chat, but I said this game sucks in reference to Destruction All Stars last week at some point. Uh-huh. Yep. And I played some more of it. It's actually not that bad. I'm not gonna like. Hmm. It's not like the 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 be all end all of car combat games, but you know, it's per it's it's fun. I it has they have these like single player challenge series things with a little mm-hmm. cutscene bumpers at either end, and then it's like seven single player games that you play, and they are gonna release them for each character. It's pretty okay. smart. You get the first one for free, and then they're like two to five dollars a piece after that. Um, and, uh, you know, they're just about worth two to $5. I would say you get a bunch of cosmetics with them when you play through them and stuff. Um, and then I play a little bit more multiplayer and, you know, it's, there's a mode called Carnado That's pretty fun where you have to like rack up points by doing destruction derby stuff. And then you, once you have, it's like a risk reward thing as you build points, the points are tied to your car so you have to drive your car into this huge tornado in the middle of the map to score it, and it gets destroyed, and then you got to find a new car. Um, hmm. But if you get destroyed, if you push your luck and you try to get a max point bonus, you're taking damage as you're trying to get points, so someone might destroy you and take your points before you can get it back to the t- tornado. So it's got fun stuff like that. The controller stuff in it's still really cool. Um, so I was maybe a little harsh to say that it sucks i don't think it sucks it's definitely not gonna make my game of the year list uh hey 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 don't you don't know what 2021 is gonna hold fair if it's one of the only games i play this year maybe but um, your your list is gonna be like dark souls yeah uh, valheim yeah i'm gonna get uh, i i won't discount the possibility that like in june i'm gonna have like a fever like play nothing but destruction all-stars for a week and decide it's actually one of the best games ever made that's possible where but. where does that game shine because i've i've played a little bit does it shine anywhere i guess is what my question because so I, I played a little but i'm not sure i'm into it i think it is the way you think ahead before you do things, the inputs are relatively simple because you're just running into people. It's not like Twisted Metal where you have weapons. But what I think is cool is as you learn the maps a little bit and you learn how the vehicle spawning works, you can do things like, oh, I'm going to hit these two cars. Now I'm at a third of my hit points, so I'm going to eject as I'm driving towards a platform that has a car on it so I can jump out and get a fresh car and or I'm going to eject and then I'm going to do this platforming real quick to get some meter for my superhero car. And so it's really the kind of like way that the game flows, but you have to understand the controls enough to hit that point where you're basically always moving and there's no, you're, you're thinking about the next thing you're going to do as you do something because it moves very fast. And I think that is where I find have found the fun in it. It is not that, there's a specific input or like the kind of thing you're doing that is very complex. It's more just the way that the game flows is cool. And I really like the cast of characters there. They have a real pro wrestler vibe thing going on. <laughs> and some of them, like one of them is in fact a luchador, but the whole cast the first challenge. Yeah. The whole cast is very much like wrestling and, playing the challenge series kind of made me realize that because there's the little like 30 second cutscenes at either end. And I was like, Oh, this is like a wrestling promo yeah, <laughs> what right. I'm watching right now. 
and I actually kind of dig that now that I have that lens for it. Um, and the characters, you know, they're super colorful and fun. Um, so uh, they're they're like not they're kind of generic, colorful and fun, but they are at least like diverse and have some interesting themes. Um, yeah. And it feels like they lean in. They do the wrestler thing in the right way where to I mean, I'm a white dude, so I don't but by all means, I am not the authority on this, but it doesn't feel like I look at any of them and go like, oh, that's a caricature. Instead, it's like, no, they're actually like using certain artistic touches that are um, definitely taken to do the sort of this is a, you know, I've, I had a daily to play five games as Ratu, who's like um, Indian, and she definitely has like some cultural aspects yes but it doesn't feel like it's like just like we made a caricature of an indian woman or anything. right so, so it's, it's more it's cool. more like more like overwatch in that sense better than overwatch even i would say i think overwatch has issues in that department it's not like um horrible but some of it is like farah for example is a oh, mess sure. of a character i don't think that uh that destruction all-stars has that issue um to the same degree but but yes definitely like Overwatch, if they learned from Overwatch's mistakes there, um, gotcha. Not not uh, not not offensive. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. It, sorry, I was just I was just gonna say I'm watching some footage of it for our video version, and a game that it surprisingly seems to remind me of just by watching it is uh, Titanfall. Like, yeah. Yes. Like how yeah. you're you're able the to flow. run around yeah. and like yeah like you're able to like when you're on foot huh. and you're able to kind of like jump yes. off of walls and like kind of run along and like and the way and that you're calling your your car down uh, is yeah. totally like a Titanfall Titanfall yeah uh, it's not as good as Titanfall <laughs> no it doesn't look <laughs> like it but, um, but, but it, yes it just, it's fun it, yeah it's surprisingly reminding me of that so that's what 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 I've enjoyed it for is less like oh I'm gonna play hours of Destruction All Stars but I you know I'm playing through Dark Souls two right now I'm right near the end. What I've been enjoying it as is I sit down on the couch, I play like two or three games of Destruction All-Stars. It takes like 20 minutes to a half hour to play two or three games mm-hmm. and then play some Dark Souls for a while. And then I'll kind of cool off at the end by playing another game or two of Destruction All-Stars. So it's I think palette cleanser. Yeah. If they can keep it, if it stays successful enough to keep running and for them to add characters to it, I think it could be like very much a, Oh, this just lives on my PS5 because it's fun to knock out a couple of rounds here and there um, mm-hmm. for a long time. I will say they really need completing to... every season pass for Destruction All Stars. <laughs> they gotta work on their skin game because there's no the 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 skins suck. They're all recolors. <laughs> they don't have any real like skins. They're all just like Ouch. yeah. I think I, I imagine the strategy for that game changed last minute because yeah, I think they were originally right. planning on selling it for seventy bucks, and then yeah, last second yep. they were. They were launch, like, yep. this has to go on PlayStation Plus yeah. to succeed. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we, have a question, we have a question from the chat asking, could they have put this on PS4 if they wanted, or is it actually attempting something? No. That's from, that's from Chris. I think it's a PS5 game for sure, because I think um, for a couple of reasons. One, the controller stuff is great. The way that the triggers feel is cool. It's one of sure. the ways, one of the reasons that it's a good like hop in and play a few rounds is because it's doing different stuff. Now, from an accessibility perspective, you can turn that stuff off, and that feels like I would imagine that that um, for a lot of people, the trigger stuff doesn't work because it requires more pressure on the brake trigger. Mm-hmm. So certainly, um, that's important to note there. But it also uses the vibration, the haptics, and the speaker in the controller to kind of um, give everything a little bit more like impact. 
and weight. So I think that's cool and definitely needs the dual sense for. And then the other thing is it actually looks really good when you're playing it in 4K. Um, I don't know if it's running in 4K in the mode I'm in actually, but it looks really good and it's running at 60 frames a second, like with no slowdown or hitching at all. So I think they probably could have made it work on PS4, but the fact that they're kind of have such horsepower at their disposal means that it's got, you know, a lot of really cool lighting particle effects and it allows it to move very fast in a way that I think it would have felt a little chunkier on, on PS4. Um, Cause the cars are fast in this game. Like they, it, it really moves. It moves. Uh, and that was last night I had a run. I had a life where I drove, I came third in the game. I drove, I wrecked somebody, I spun around, I boosted, and then I dodged someone using the, the, the dodge. And then I got hit. And then in like one fluid motion, I like jumped out and landed on a platform, ran, got some meter, jumped in another car. And I was like, oh, I get it now. This is fun. I just didn't even, I hit such a flow state here that it, that it worked. And I don't think that would work unless it's running at the 60 FPS. Uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't be the same. Comment and then a question for you, Pat. Yeah. Um, I've, I need to try it again because I've not hit that flow yet. I just find myself outside of my car all the time, which yeah. has been frustrating for me. Yep. So it's kind of repelled me a little bit, but I'm going to get, I'm going to try and look at it with fresh eyes today. I think uh, the question is like, I feel like just playing this game, I feel like I want to like it, but it's missing something for me. Maybe it's that flow. If there's one thing that the devs need to do an update for, to like this game is going to take off. What is it? Um, I think it's honestly probably better cosmetics. I know that's sort of a seems silly when you're talking about gameplay, but that's dark. But uh, yeah, but but like that's sort of the thing is I don't feel like there's a particularly great carrot to chase. They do cosmetics I, the same way Overwatch does, mm, but without mm. loot boxes. Um, you you buy them with currency and you get a bunch of the in-game currency, but the gameplay parts, I think maybe they could explain it better as to like helping you get there. What I would recommend though is is I would try playing that single player challenge series, the Ultimo Barricado one that comes for free. Um, okay. That was the thing that helped me to kind of click with it and understand. I also think um, here's a better answer: more modes would be good, um, more game modes, and a more of a playlist structure where you're switching from mode to mode. I think would be really um, really good. So what they do is they get Lucio Ball. Sure. <laughs> right. Oh, what, uh, so no, here's what they need to do. You got cars. You got I'm a big ball. Sick, I'm sick of the way they are dragging the All-Stars name through the mud. There you go. Actually, PlayStation All-Stars Destruction Derby would have been a better game. Yeah. Oh, wow. Actually, got Drake in a Jeep. You Guest got, characters would be really good in this game, I think. Is nothing holy anymore? <laughs> Kratos in a boat? The boat yes. with wheels <laughs> and the heads no, just no, there, it's like just, talking. It's just to you. a boat, just a boat, uh, no <laughs> wheels. Uh, he is just rowing with his pure godlike strength. Parappa on a skateboard. What, yeah. What kind of car would Cole from Infamous drive? The worst. Just the way he would oh, yeah. drive. Like it would be like no, it would be a um, Tesla. It'd be a Tesla. No, oh. he would turn that's into the car. He, 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 he would, would charge into yeah. the car. Yeah, that's, he would be would, the car. That's, not, that's like would, a pun. It would just be two posts with like the electric wire in between, and he's just riding <laughs> yeah. it on top. I think he would drive like 
a really like a Ford F four fifty that oh is God. just like the most wow. douchey car because he sucks. Pole. He's a he no, sucks. He's, he's a jerk. He would drive. He would drive a Hummer. Yes, he would drive like a H <laughs> three. Yeah, Why, seeing Hummers in Japan is the weirdest shit. It's like, where do you park that huge. thing? You can't yeah. drive that here. What are you doing? It's basically uh, how it is in Seattle too. And then, then all the Hummer, all the truck owners complain that Seattle doesn't. Th- this is not to get too political, but they always complain that <laughs> Seattle doesn't want conservatives because it doesn't have wide enough roads for trucks, which is just like <laughs> one. Yes, sure, that's I'm with really that. Funny. But also, that's a weird logic leap for you to make. <laughs> Jeez, that's that's really funny though. Anyways, destruction all stars. Anyway, yes. yeah. <laughs> I also played. Um, I'll I'll go faster this because uh, yeah, I don't want to take up too much time on it. But I played uh, a few nights of a game called Hell Let Loose, which was on sale on Steam this week. So we picked it up. Um, my friends and I, who I play Call of Duty with, um, we like a lot of. Um, we like to try World War Two shooters when they hit. A lot of times they're not very good. Um, the last one that I was kind of into was Day of Infamy, which was like a Day of Defeat kind of takeoff. But it's like Day of Defeat. It's more about like lots and lots of shooting rather than trying to stab at realism. Um, Hell Let Loose to me feels like an evolution of Battlefield 1942 in a big way, mm. which is one of my favorite games ever. I still like it more than all the other Battlefields. Um and I say that because it also Hell Let Loose also feels kind of like World War II online, um, but in a good way, uh, because you're playing on these enormous maps mm-hmm. and you are playing with a squad of up to six people um, and everyone has roles within that squad. So you can only have like one machine gunner in the squad. Um and there's the way they've built out the roles. You can play as a standard like rifleman, but there's a role for every person um, if you want to play a sort of a specific character. And the flow of the game is that there's this huge map, and you're either playing the mode where one team is defending and one team is attacking, and it's like just the, the attacking team is just trying to push across the map. It's kind of like Rush from Battlefield Three. Um, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> or or you're you're playing the warfare mode where there's a flow kind of back and forth where team both teams are pushing at a center line and it's super cool because it feels you know it's 100 player matches you mm. can have like two or three squads trying to take one point to the south and then what feels like on a different map there's people pushing at a different point to the north and you might hear artillery fire going off in that direction, but it doesn't even feel like you're playing in the same map in the way that the maps just have tons of scale, not in a bad way. And so it's a cool feeling. That's where the World War II online aspect of it comes from, is you are all, you're playing on these big teams and you're all trying to push for the same end goal, but the ways that you move troops around is really cool. And part of why that works is because there is like a commander who's kind of talking in a command voice channel with people, with all the squad leaders and telling the squad leaders kind of where to go. And then squad leaders are placing markers for their squads to go there. And I have found in several games, the games are long too. They can last up to like 90 minutes. Wow. Um, uh, I have found in several games that 
there isn't the same kind of like I don't usually use voice chat like I I've talked about before. I love Call of Modern Call of Duty because you can turn off every single avenue for communication in that game, <laughs> so you never yep. have to talk to a single person. This game is the opposite. Um, but so far, everyone's been pretty cool that I've been playing with. Um, I mean, I don't know if they're cool outside of the game, but in the game, mm-hmm. everyone's communicating. And you know, I've I've had we played the other night, and the, we had a squad leader, and and I was like, oh, I haven't really played. This is only like my third game, and and he was like, okay, well, if you can spawn a support, that would be really good uh, because then you can do this and this and this. And it's been very positive. Uh, and the game doesn't emphasize your like kills and deaths. Nobody else can see your personal like your kill and death ratio other than you. Uh, instead, you score points for like playing the objectives. So the way that the scoring works makes it feel way less like, oh, I'm having a bad game, so everyone's gonna make fun of me. Mm-hmm. Um, which is my constant anxiety. That's why I struggle with like playing League and Dota is because I feel like I'm not gonna do well and then I'm gonna get yelled at. Totally not an issue for this game because of how the scoring works. Um, and the ranges are really cool. Like my buddy's been playing Machine Gunner, and it's the kind of thing where you'll you'll be like 150 yards from the command point in a farmhouse, and he'll set up his MG, and the rest of the squad moves up, and he's firing an, an MG42 down two football fields because that's how the ranges actually work for weapons like that. Um, and it uh, it feels just very cool to move with your squad and play that play tactically and use the voice chat and everything. And, um, and then it has the spectacle of, Oh no, artillery is firing on us. And you can see like, or when they do a bombing run and you can see the explosions and they're getting closer and they're these huge, like house sized explosions. Uh, and then you die. Interesting. Sounds rad. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good. I think if you have some patience and you like kind of, realistic tactical stuff um it's it's really worth picking up so does it feel like it has any um like connective tissue to something like arma in terms of how it feels and how the squad stuff works or is it a little less clunky than that it's way less clunky for sure okay um i would assume the developers have played arma um and i like arma actually but uh same um, but but I would say it's a lot less clunky than Arma. They do some smart quality of life things that you don't usually get in hardcore military sims where like you always have markers over friendlies. So if you're oh, aiming a rifle yeah. at a target that's 300 yards away, you don't have to go, oh God, is that a friendly that I'm shooting at? Because you'll, you'll mm-hmm. see a little marker. But the um, enemies aren't marked, are they? No, no, no. Okay, I like um, that. So you have to, you still have to acquire targets visually but um you don't have to worry about team killing uh unless they're like a kilometer away i think the the markers eventually fade out as like a memory thing because there's so many players they don't want a bunch of hud elements um but uh yeah it's got stuff like that it has um very good spawn mechanics where the your squad leader can drop down spawn points kind of all wherever they want um Hmm. and then people can spawn on them so it has some quality of life and, and stuff in it that makes it a little easier to play than something like Arma, um, but it still has the feel of a very tactical game, and you and it and it has the flow like it's not like Battlefield where you're killing people all the time. I, like I have most of my games, I've had between five and eight kills um, because there's a lot of like oh you're suppressing people and you're holding points and stuff. Uh, 
which yeah. I like a lot. But yeah. it has good vehicles? progression too. Huh? Yes, it does have vehicles. It has um like trucks and stuff that you can move around in, and then it does have armor as well. And mm-hmm. um to you, but to use the armor, you have to spawn as a specific three man squad to operate a tank. And um, it is otherwise though, it's just like battlefield old battlefield, which was the best way where the tanks are at your side in your base. You don't, none of this like battlefield modern battlefield stuff where you spawn. Yeah, you have, I like the, like you got to snag them. I don't like the way that they do it now where it's like, Oh, you got enough points to spawn as a tank. I don't think that's, hate that <laughs> um and uh the armor is really cool when you see it coming you're like oh shit oh shit oh shit everybody's got to get down right now there's a tiger coming down the road and uh it, it'll blow you away um but uh you can set up like they have the progression is not it's kind of like battlefield 2's progression where as you level up with classes you unlock alternate loadouts for them not like call of duty where you're building a loadout it's more like you can be the support guy that does this or the support guy that does this and i guess one of the anti-tank support one of the anti-tank classes can like set up a pack 40 which is awesome so 40 yeah so there's a lot of cool cool stuff in the game that you can that you can use to deal with different situations and yeah. there's no pilotable aircraft but the aircraft operate is like a you can call in bombing runs and strafing runs and stuff so they're like a tactical resource that the commander can call. So is it like My, a 40 of old English or <laughs> pack 40 is Cobra. a German 75 millimeter anti-tank gun. Um, the brass monkeys too. Um, but I guess my question is the sense of scale in such a way that you can actually like maneuver, like do a flanking maneuver or pincer maneuver yep. on an objective and feel like successful. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's the awesome. cool thing is you can totally, do sort of and because there's the communication happening between commanders and squad leaders that stuff actually happens um and you'll your squad leader will go like oh they want us to push up this road um so we need to take the street and like on the Carentan map it's really 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 dense streets and like compared to the Carentan that's in battlefield 5 i was like oh my god this is so much more cool and true to life than than what's in there um and uh yeah so you definitely get those movements and on some maps you can actually see it happening where you can see like the icons for your guys way up here and Mm -hmm. your team's moving up this way uh and it's it's really really cool the only thing i would say is it is early access still it feels worth getting because it's pretty they're not gonna i don't think they're planning on wiping progress for the progression and um it's got plenty of content but um it has some optimization stuff it's it my computer's pretty solid still and i sometimes have um a little bit of a frame rate dip happening when there's like artillery fire and stuff like that lots of particles um, gotcha so there's that to keep in mind i'm very excited they're currently it focuses on the western front but um they're adding eastern front like soviet and and uh soviet troops and weapons in an update which is uh very cool um, because uh, it'll change the dynamics a lot because uh, it means, you know, you know, Soviet troops had a lot more access to like automatic weapons and stuff, um, not necessarily good ones, but um, 
that they it'll it should make for very different feeling games than what's in there right now. That's uh, cool. Yeah. Um, last last question again. Sorry, I have this ga- I've been no, watching this game for a while. And yeah, I haven't yeah. really had the opportunity to talk to anyone about it. The, you've been comparing it to like modern battle Battlefield. Um, my problem with modern Battlefield is it often feels like you just have to throw waves of infantry against uh, any armor to to get anywhere, and people that are really adept with the vehicles just end up with like 50, 60 kills and two deaths, maybe. Do you still feel valuable as an infantryman man in this? Oh, yeah. And like you have to play mindful of the uh, heavy weapons, but you can get around a tank potentially. Or yeah, so the for starters, there's usually I've never seen more than one tank at a time, and I think there are usually two to three um, armor squads, like armor crews. But because the tanks, the tanks are really more of a tactical resource because you're working as a crew. So there's a person driving and a person commanding and a person gunning. So they can't, if you are a smart infantryman, if you're just, if you just have a rifle, you can't shoot a tank and do anything. But usually what I see happen is tanks provide an opportunity for troops to move up because they come in and do a lot of damage, kill a lot of people and kill like a wave of, of defenders but very quickly they go down after that because it's not that hard to kill them with um, anti-tank weaponry if they're not really smart about how they're deploying. And while they feel powerful and important, it's very different from Battlefield where it feels like the tank is a hero character or something. Um, and it's just such a different... Because commanders can or squad leaders can place spawns for you all over the place, if you have a different decent squad leader, it's not like Battlefield where... I forget the name of the map, but it, there's a map in Battlefield Five where there's a flag that's right out, like it's right outside of a house or not a house, but like a two-story building, and you spawn in the building when you spawn at the flag, and someone can just park a tank outside and essentially just fire yeah. into the building forever, and it's like it's a nightmare because you'll never get out. You just have to sprint outside as fast as you can, and then you get cut down by an MG or something. This game does not have those kinds of situations at all oh, because your your squad leader in that situation should go, oh, I need to place a spawn over here instead because we're getting cut down by that tank. And then you deal with the tank. Um, so very different from Battlefield in that way. The thing that I think Hell at Loose is most comparable to that no one's going to have a point of reference for really, but it feels like you're playing squad leader, the tabletop game, or mm. advanced squad leader. Um, but you are the actual person in like running around rather than controlling the tactical elements. Um, it, it just has that sort of good mix of realism and game feel that makes it fun and also paced really well, I guess. Um, like I, my favorite world war two game for a long time was red orchestra. Um, I think I might like this game more than that one even, um, because I think cool. the way that its mechanics work at a macro level are more uh, satisfying, and um, you just don't have the like people ramboing, and you don't have the the like, oh, I'm just going to sprint and kill <laughs> ten guys, and that's going to win us a game. It just doesn't happen. And on the flip side, you get like <laughs> last night there was a guy that came up to my friend and started doing an Italian accent, and then we all started doing Italian accents and like <laughs> talking about how we were walking here and. Um, and and like it was almost like everyone was role playing, and it was really funny. 
<laughs> that sounds like hold uh, fast. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It. It. Yes. Um. I haven't talked about it in the cast. I won't get into it. But I've also been playing a uh, Civil War game called War of Rights with uh with with the same group of guys, and it's been a fun. It's similar energy to that of like lots of communication, lots of kind of role playing and stuff. Um, but not in a super shitty way, like what can happen with historical war games. <laughs> right. Interesting. Hell wow. let loose. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, you just unleashed hell on this podcast. That was, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you made that really compelling. Uh, like I am not into like multiplayer shooters at all these days, let alone like world war two ones, but that like everything you were saying sounded really neat. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm offering a bill of sale here. Like I think it's, I think it's yeah. pretty, I feel pretty confident about a lot of those, uh, all those opinions. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. Neat. Uh, well, next, Alex and I both played the same game this week. At least one of the games we played was the same. I don't understand why. Yep. <laughs> I didn't think that either of you were excited for this game. So I uh, wasn't. I I got it to play co-op with my girlfriend. Like that's basically uh-huh. the reason I got it. I I've played Mario 3D World before on this little system called the Wii U. You probably it was haven't not heard of little. it. That it was not was little. A, it was was not little. Huge. Uh, you probably haven't heard of it. Um, yeah, so now. they they re-released Mario 3D World. I keep forgetting if it's 3D Land or 3D World, but 3D Land is the 3DS one. It's 3D World the is the one. Yeah. yeah. World is the console one. Have you, have you played 3D World before, Alex? No, I had not. So okay. that's kind of... I was not interested in this game. And I, I think I expressed as much... Uh, I don't think it was on the podcast. I think it was just in our chats yeah. separately where I was like, I don't think I'm going to play this game because I don't really care because I've been burned by enough Mario uh, to where like I really thought um, Mario, Mario 2 was super underwhelming. Like, oh, that yeah. was Mar- Mario is a perfect 7 out of 10 franchise. Sometimes I'm glad it's good. to hear someone Sometimes else say that. It's like, it, yeah. It's, yeah. Mario, uh, I, I will I will fully like acknowledge Super Mario Brothers like the Mario world um, and 64 as like, you know, peak game design and like groundbreaking things changed a lot of stuff yeah. outside of that. Like eh, it's all right. Yeah. Like there's been Mario games. I really like, like for the 3d ones, I really liked well, 64 and like galaxy and galaxy two were just like, they're super creative and super fun. And like for 2d ones, Mario two was just really fantastic with how weird it went. And then like three and world and all of those were great, but like, uh, we don't have to talk about it too much, but I didn't like Odyssey very much. Uh, I didn't really like sunshine that much. Um, so controversial like, opinion. I, was, <laughs> I know sunshine is not as controversial, but like people like Odyssey a lot <laughs> and I don't care for it, which was why I'm like, yeah. People say like this particular Mario 3D World is uh, like their favorite, and I didn't really understand. I was like, why? Like they're saying it's like better than 64, better than Galaxy, and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, I need to figure. I need to see why firsthand. So I picked it up, and I can totally see why people would say that. It's actually really fucking good. <laughs> cool. Um, like it's extremely creative. Like I, th- you can tell it was made by the Galaxy team. Like the stuff they're doing. Like the they're just extremely well-crafted levels that are themed really, like really well. And 
yeah, they're just they're being creative with every one of them. Like they're adding new mechanics with every one. They're unique mechanics, like the Mario Kart level, uh, is I really think interesting. I've there, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, it's in World Three, I think. I meant World Four now. Uh, I I just finished World Three like before the podcast, so I think it's in probably in World Four, maybe. I don't know. Uh, no, it's in World Three. It's the one where like it has like the block, like the colorful blocks on the edges, and then like you you're you're boosting through it and like you're basically acting like a cart. Oh, that one. Okay, okay. I see what yeah. you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like stuff like that. It's really creative and clever and fun. So, mm-hmm. what do you think uh, about Andre? Well, I'm and again, I haven't played the original or the, the original version. Yeah. Uh, so, like I don't remember like anything from my time with the original. Like I remembered Cat Mario and like kind of the first level. Um but it's been so long since I played it, and I played that mostly solo. If I don't think I played it with anyone at all, maybe I did. I don't know. Uh, but now I'm playing this one entirely co-op with my partner, and that changes like <laughs> changes how much you can appreciate like the design and stuff, just because like you're getting in each other's way. Uh, you know, sometimes it's useful, like, oh, I'm going to bounce off your head or I'm going to pick you up and throw you for a thing or whatever. Um, or one of us is going to run ahead and it's going to pull the other person or like, you know, you're two people on one screen and it's just, uh, it gets a little hectic and annoying. Um, it would have been, I, it probably wouldn't make sense to do something like the Lego games where they do like the split screen stuff. Split screen, um, yeah. But it's you know I, I'm having fun playing it with my partner, but like it's definitely not the way to like I wouldn't say this is the the way to experience it and enjoy the design of the levels or anything like that. It, but if you want to just like have some fun together, it it's good for that. It's better than like something like Odyssey where it's like oh the second person can control the hat or uh, Luigi's Mansion. It's like you got to play for like almost an hour before you can do co-op and then like it's like kind of designed for co-op but not really because there's like things you can't do together and stuff like that it's definitely better than the galaxy games where the second player would just like move the wii remote around and collect the yeah whatever they were exactly star bit star yeah but (laughs) it's definitely got like the new super super mario brothers like you stuff like the 2d ones had a lot or like very chaotic um multiplayer games uh just because everyone's always bouncing off each other and like getting in the way and you know people are just trying to run ahead and be the first and this kind of has the same thing going on Mm -hmm. um and then you know you're like i'm like wait wait no come back we need to do this but then she's already like gone in the pipe or whatever and then it's just like nope we're going forward i'm like ah damn it uh (laughs) so you know stuff like that like i'm not too worried about collecting everything like it's just stickers and there's no there's not even a what what do they call the Weverse? The Meverse? The Meverse. Yeah, there's no Meverse to put stickers in. So like I don't even know why I'm collecting stickers. Do you know like if you collect all the stickers or all the stars, is there like a bonus world that opens up at the end? Like the ultra challenging? I think, that, kind of stuff? I think I think it just opens at the end regardless. After like like you basically you beat like the eight worlds. I don't remember, but I like okay. this there there are challenging levels i believe um because mm-hmm. that was like 3d land had that too um but i'm, I'm not yeah. sure what the what the deal with that stuff is you guys touch the uh, new content yet like how does that yet. is are they two separate games or do you have to beat one to get so to the new I, stuff i uh you can you can boot 
Bowser's Fury right away. I have not touched it yet. It is one or two player co-op. Um, so I, I do want to check that out, but I have not seen it yet. I hear it's I also more it like more like more like Odyssey than Super than 3D World. So yeah, it's more like you have direct like 3D World is essentially um, static cameras that you can kind of shift around yeah. a little bit. It's a 2D like Mario, but then they went, "What if it was 3D?" <laughs> exactly, but like from my understanding, the Bowser's Fury stuff, which I haven't gotten to, mm-hmm. is basically like behind the behind the back mm-hmm. Mario, where you're yeah. rotating the camera and like you're running around an open world, basically. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'll have to listen next week and hear what you guys think of it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I- I'm going to continue with it. I think it's good. Um, I don't really have any complaints about it. I think it's really well designed and really it plays great. Oh, it also brought in one of my favorite things from Mario 2, the fact that you can play as different characters. So I've been playing a lot of this as Peach because Easy she's mode. fun even though yeah, but she's so like she's so slow. So like Yeah. There's some there's Yeah, some everyone stuff. has a different trade-off, yeah. Yeah, like there's some stuff that like you can obviously tell was balanced for like single player playing as Mario. Where like you run through stuff and everything is timed perfectly, but with mm-hmm. Peach she's so slow. It's just like everything just falls out of sync <laughs> and then just falls apart. It's really funny. Yeah, uh, Toad is way too fast and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, the good stuff. How how long does 3D World? Do you guys know how? Like, what's your play time? Uh, I'm a think- few hours. Like we've played like maybe three hours, maybe like, and we're. <laughs> We are having some issues uh, as as like a, a pair going through, just because like you've got a shared life pool, like so you know uh, you die, then uh, it, so then it takes it down, so then like oh, you know one of us goofed up too many times, and now we're just we have to restart or whatever. So we've had that oh, so, happen a few times, but so it doesn't do the thing where if like you fall off, then your partner could just like you would be floating around as a ball, and your partner can release you. Oh no, no, that happens. But once you get that, oh, okay. once you get the lives down to zero, then you can't respawn. And then if your partner uh, dies, okay. then it kicks you out. And you have to restart, and you have to collect everything again. Understood. Gotcha. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I'm also probably like three ish hours in, but I've been more thorough. Like I have all mm-hmm. the stars from the first world and all of them from the second, mm-hmm. but not all from the third. And I'm I have about three or four most. hours in. Mm-hmm. I have most yeah. stars, but there are some where I'm just like, I'm like, since this is co op, this is like going through the hassle of like redoing it. Let's like, let's just move on. We don't need exactly. every star at the moment. Like, yeah, so I'm going to come back for, come back. For it does get your progress. Like, it has like a check, like, hey, did you collect enough stars to like unlock this thing? Uh, but mm-hmm. then it's, that's about it. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, core game is probably what, like 10, 11 hours, I would guess, just as a, I don't know, throwing it out there, and then I don't know how long Bowser's Fury is. No idea. Mm-hmm. I've heard really good things about Bowser's Fury. Yeah, me too. Yeah, people seem stoked on it. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that then. So yeah, it's really good. But people uh, again, really liked Odyssey, and you did not care for Odyssey, so... No, that's true, but I'm enjoying this one, actually. So <laughs> the, uh, Okay, so on average, the main campaign for Super Mario 3D World is around 10.5 hours long, and hey. reaching 100% completion takes an average of 38 and a half hours. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> oh my <why>? goodness! How? <laughs> oh no! Wait, yeah, there has yeah. to be a hidden world or something somewhere then. Um, That's yeah. This that says, has to be a hidden world. How long to beat? Says 
is much. Oh no, completionist thirty nine hour. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there yep. there has to be an extra world if you get everything. Okay. Yeah, no, there right. there is Good like more stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah, okay. challenge. Yeah, that's levels. nuts. <laughs> Ten and a half to thirty nine. Wow. Okay, that's a range. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's critical path versus completionist. Yeah. Well, uh. I, I have uh, one game to talk about really fast. I'm going to give oh, okay. 45, 45 seconds of airtime, and we don't have to talk about it. Put it on the much. clock. Yeah. Um, I played a bit of Honey Pop 2. Oh, boy. So we talked. We talked <laughs> oh, wow. 45 seconds are up. And <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. fast. That's the fastest 45 I've ever <laughs> we, seen. We talked about Honey Pop probably like two years ago on the show. Um, and I was like, you know what? This game is okay. Like it's fine. You can turn off all the gross stuff. Like you can if you don't want it. It's basically and a porn game. Why are you playing it? Uh, but like the the, like, the like puzzle, really, like what are we the doing? puzzle mechanics are actually pretty good. Like if you get Isn't into the just puzzles, a match three, it's it's like a mix between Bejeweled and like um like you must build a boat or ten million. So mm-hmm. like and like in the ten million sense that you are doing specific matches and is uh, affecting different things. Like, you know, in those games, like you would be collecting swords for attacking enemies and uh, crafting materials and stuff like that. It's stuff like that, but it's like a dating sim. So it's like, oh, you're appealing to this girl's sense of passion or creativity or whatever. Like, you're, that's what you're collecting. Um, and like, it's actually a pretty good puzzle mechanic. And the first game, like I said, you could turn off the gross stuff and it was fine. But the second one, I'm not into at all so far. It's like, it's all about the gross stuff and you can't turn it off. And it's like very extremely horny in just like a really off putting way. And uh, like, it's actually kind of racist. So I'm at the point where I'm probably not going to continue playing it. I heard some pretty, I having trouble actually finding it, but around the time that that game that, that that same developer made about cam girls came out, there was some pretty like, yeah. Hey, this person might suck. (laughs) Yeah. That's Um, not surprising. Just, with the kind of stuff they put it, like the way that they think about developing the games more so than anything in particular that was like abusive that they did. But it seems like yeah. they're very much a like, let's use culture as a new form, as a different way to objectify women kind of stuff. That's, that's what's <laughs> that's going on in this too. I, I'm at the point, I'm at the point where I'm probably just not going to continue it. Like it's, it's not very good, honestly. Like it's, yeah, it's just, eh. The first one had some merit. This one is not very good at all. So that's all we need to talk about for Honey Pop 2. Yeah. Well, there you go. Honey Pop? Hoonie Pop? I always thought it was Hoonie Pop. <sighs> anyway. Uh, quick quick check-in with our guest. Uh, you you good to head into news, August? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, this is sometimes, great. Sometimes our guests are like, I... I, I I'm out at like an hour, maybe 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which totally fair. Totally yes, respect that. Thing. This, oh, dude, people I'm, have I'm, lives. We, we do not. You can compare <laughs> me to Captain America when it comes to podcasting. I could do this all day. So all right. Happy, hey, happy to go through. We have a comic book podcast. I, and a coding honestly, one. Comics are something that I've, I had a couple when I was a kid, but I never got deep into it, and I'm afraid to because I know how it's I get bad. into things. So I'm just it's like, maybe I'll just watch from I the sidelines. Spend because a lot of money on comic books now. I spent 2020 reading a thousand issues of One Piece. Wow! Imagine if you paid like three to four dollars for every one of those issues of One. Like, Actually, that's, I, that's instead, a lot. I, don't buy a I paid comic books a year. 
$24, yeah, $24 over the course of the year and read a thousand issues of One Piece. Yeah, I roll I, into I, the comic book store and I'm like, oh, cool, there's like six books this week. <laughs> I think someday I might purchase some. The, the only thing I want to do, I want to get one Spider-Man comic. I want to frame it. I want to put it on my wall. And then I'm going to try not to buy any more. But Amazing Fantasy knowing 15. Me, yeah. Spider-Man 69. <laughs> That would that might be good. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know what I. I'll we can go on the news and I'll look up we'll, what Spider Man we'll number we'll sixty nine is. I gotta I gotta thank know. you. Okay, thank you, yeah, please. Uh, That's the important research. And if you'd like to hear them someday talk about Spider Man sixty nine, you can head. That would be twenty Spider Man twenty sixty nine. Oh my god! Uh, you can listen to the uh, Comic Fix podcast on your uh, podcast catcher of choice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah uh in the meantime let's get on to news while pat finds spider-man number 69 there's, there's probably a lot of them there's i mean yeah because there's there's numerous spider-man series but we're gonna go to the original the the og yes because that will be the funniest because that would be a comic that came out okay who's gonna be who's gonna be on the cover of spider-man 69 besides spider-man is it just spider-man is is there a villain mary jane is pretty nice and like 69 nice they go together she's actually not nice at all in the old comic books oh really (laughs) she kind of sucks she's really (laughs) like um the worst part about old marvel comics marvel was ahead of its time (laughs) in terms of like representation and stuff but they still Stanley was not the best at writing women when he was younger. And so Gwen Stacy is like, I'll say at least neither of them is like ditzy, but Gwen Stacy is like trying to get with Peter all the time. And Peter's just kind of oblivious and not, not good at acting on that. And Mary Jane is on the other side being like, fuck you. I don't give a shit about you. And he's like, I got to get with her though. (laughs) Um, a classic tale. Also, she calls him, daddy all the time because oh no daddy oh like that was just a a slang and it's but it's real weird reading it now (laughs) i've read a lot of old spider-man last is she nine feet tall she's tall (laughs) not as tall as as lady dimitrescu but she's i did play that demo (laughs) oh i meant yeah i meant to do that i just it's there it's it's very much just a tone piece but uh that's fine yeah there's like yeah uh, I'm looking forward to playing that. But anyway, uh, news, big news, big news. This actually is probably my favorite news of the week. Jack Black, <laughs> uh, the the apple of my eye, has been signed on to the Borderlands movie, along with people like Kate Blanchett and uh, I think, oh, what's his name? I can't. I, uh, Jamie Lee the, Curtis was one, wasn't she? Yes, Jamie Lee Curtis she, yes, is in there. Uh, Isn't Kevin, Kevin Hart? Hart Kevin yeah, Hart. Kevin Hart yeah. as He's Roland. Roland. <laughs> like, <Right>. but <laughs> the important thing is Jack Black is claptrap in the Borderlands movie. I think. So, are they going to filter his voice to sound like claptrap? Probably. Or is it just going to sound? Or like he's just Jack he's going to he's going <laughs> to mo- he's going to modulate it himself. Oh, uh, no, I, I see that. Like, I mean, I think you. Ha- I think it'll be like. You'll be able to tell it's Jack Black, but they'll like have to put like a a robot spin on it. If sure. it's, hopefully, or, it's better than Dinklebot. That's all I or need from Destiny. It should just be. It should just be Dinklebot. 
oh, uh, the ghost. Oh, from uh, Destiny. Peter Dinklage. Right, right, right. Uh, Got it. Yeah. What they should do is just have Jack Black in there in like a cardboard suit doing. <laughs> I watched that movie. Oh. I would watch that movie for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, this cast, like Kate Blanchett, Jack Black, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, like I'm already kind of on board. Who is Kate Blanchett? Uh, Lilith? I think, she's, I think she's Lilith, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can get aboard with that. Um, I saw a TikTok of Jack Black dressed up as Thor. Oh, yeah. He did a lot of very funny stuff. <laughs> Yeah, uh, his YouTube channel. Great. I've said it before, but his YouTube channel is real good. He's, he's a funny man. His what Instagram too. Plays? Jablinski. Jablinski, that's what it is. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, I have reporting from the field. Um, Amazing Spider-Man, num- volume one, number 69. Published in February 1969. Ooh, nice. Double, double, double. Nice. Double. Nice. Uh, <laughs> the only way it could be nicer if it was April 20th. It's yeah. titled Mission Crush the Kingpin. And okay. it is Spider-Man with the Kingpin holding him in kind of a like very uncomfortable looking arm. 69. Hole. Um, no. <laughs> I'm going to guess that the there's trifecta. a consent. There's a consent issue here because it does look like they are fighting, but were they not, then I could totally see. Uh, hey, you know, Spider Man progressing, progressing. If things happen, it gets them in like a what, what's the Hurricane Rana, Hurricane Rana, and then it's just boom, sixty nine. Sure, it happens <laughs> to the best of us. Speaking of so, the of us, they also announced some like Last of Us uh, casting. Oh yeah, um, like we don't have that yeah, in our news, a, but but Paul, uh, Paul is Pedro, 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 Joel, Pedro, yeah, uh, not Pablo. I was gonna say Pablo Escobar, and I was like, that's not right. Oh man, that would be <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> Swing and a miss. And uh, who's playing Ellie? It was someone from Dan, the, Bella, Bella Ramsey. Is her name? She she was yeah. She was also in Game of Thrones. She was the young girl uh, who took Liana Mormont. Yes, that that sounds right. Hey, remember Game of Thrones? Never nope. watched it. I watched two episodes and I I dropped. That just so no. <laughs> that just um, you know, it, it good for them for being able to move on from that. Like uh, they kind of were taken out before it got like excessively bad at the end. But they uh, uh, yeah. taken out is one word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's only one George R. R. Martin project that I care about. Elden Ring. Right. I am yeah. yes, waiting for Pat that. to turn into one of the Elden Ring Reddit oh, fans. You think I haven't already? <laughs> so, I just keep it. I just keep it down a little bit for everyone. Then so, you're not. You're not fully there. You gotta. It's gotta seep out of you. When you said George R. R. Martin, I kind of misheard and thought you said Jar Jar. <laughs> I did too. So I, I am actively too. watching Clone Wars and listening to a more civilized age. So Jar Jar is always with me. Um, and with me. And I don't even watch those. <laughs> that uh, I saw a tweet that uh, Pedro Pascal just loves those escort missions, like with Mandalorian and now The Last of Us. Oh yeah, that is funny. <laughs> yeah. put him. They should have put him in the Assassin's Creed movie. I hope that that yeah, yeah that would have been yeah. That's a dream yeah. casting, maybe. I mean, that movie's casted fairly well. The Assassin's Creed movie got bad rap. It's not good, but it's it's not as bad as people <laughs> make it out to be. People want to hate video game movies. Yes. I think that was a big part of it. It's one of the better video game movies I have seen, I would say. What's the worst? And it's canon. 
Well, what's the worst? Uh, that's <laughs> blood rain. That's a whole podcast. Yep, that's, I'm, I'm going to say this. blood rain. Is, I mean, there's Did a lot. Max postal? Is there a postal? postal movie? Yeah, I don't know if his postal movie or postal is a game that I hate. So, and oh, is this Uwe I, so I assume, yeah, yeah. I assume uh, the postal movie <laughs> is trash. <laughs> uh, I've not seen it. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I, uh, either. And there's no, you, there's no amount of money you could pay me to watch it either. Mortal Kombat Two is not oh, good, but there's like entertaining parts. Well, one sentence. What do we think? What do we? How do we feel about the Resident Evil movies? Oh, I'll some watch them good. any day of the week, anytime. Yeah, uh, really I've been thinking about them more. I used to watch them every Halloween because I liked them a lot. But as time goes on, I think more and more maybe they suck. I've only seen Up to Extinction, which is the third one. And I thought Extinction was actually pretty good. Because it's basically a Mad Max movie. I did then, <laughs> but I think my issue is, yeah, I don't know. I'm starting to think like maybe I just really like the laser scene from the first one. Oh yeah. That's I mean, honestly, uh if Paul W.S. Anderson wants to make movies with his hot wife, like uh, who's gonna who am I to stop him? <laughs> it but sounds I, after, there are admittedly, uh Monster Hunter does sound problematic and I have not seen it. But. Yeah. <laughs> after like the like I was like shocked actually i don't usually get that surprised by people being shitty i was shocked at the racism in uh monster hunter monster even hunter? though it's yeah it's acute and and limited to one p- bit of dialogue yeah and that's what put me down this path of like wait maybe paul w sanderson's just an asshole who wants to like put his wife and stuff and then right. i started to think i started to i didn't i haven't rewatched the movies yet but i was watching some scenes from resident evil and i was like actually these maybe suck i don't know uh, How do you feel about him, August? Uh, I haven't watched him in a, a long time, but back when I was in, back in the day, I guess I can say now, when I was in college, my buddy and I, my roommate and I would just, it was just like a Friday night thing. We would throw Resident Evil on and we like recognize they're not good movies, but per se, but they were really fun to watch. I think. Yeah. Like they're, yeah. they're fun. Has anyone seen Paul W. Anderson's Three Musketeers movie? Yep. No. But. Mm-hmm. With like Christoph Waltz yep. and Orlando Orlando Bloom, uh, I, I saw that one time in theaters, and I've been kind of like, should I watch that again? I I don't even know what my opinion. I also saw it in theaters, and I don't know what my opinion of it is now because it's been a long time. I assume yeah. it's bad because nobody <laughs> talks about it. Yeah, no, it's just like completely like wiped from like public memory. Books. Like it's like yeah. It's, you know, like, uh, like Kazam. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. What's, what's our next news story? Oh yeah. Blast from the past. Halo three is getting a new map in the master yeah. chief collection. Uh, apparently it's being brought in from something called halo online, which was a <laughs> game that was made for Russia. Yeah. Online only Halo there's a, game. And there's a lot to unpack there. They're <laughs> not. They're not bringing. It doesn't seem like it's an official map from that, but it's like using like similar from that. I'm not even entirely sure, but they're bringing content from Halo Online to the Master Chief Collection I, as a Halo Three map. I think this is. I think when Infinite. Well, I don't know how they handle it now, but I think this is what they should just do. They should just 
make maps for the Master Chief collection and like come up with new stuff to put in there and ha- and and that should be how they continue to make Halo rather than trying to do another story. Yeah. I, yeah. And people like the Halo stories for some reason. And for what it's worth, not the bo- Chief- there's books. <laughs> Not There's after like four though. People like the first three Halo stories. Yeah, maybe. And four is okay. Books. Four but, is okay. Um, yeah. I think they've been doing really well by the Master Chief Collection, considering what a clusterfuck it was when it first came out. Like for that first year, even like they, the fact that they're still continuing to support it, like I years mean, and years later, is they had great, to. Actually. They had to. Oh yeah, no. Otherwise, it was, it was when it came time, imagine what would have happened if Master Chief Collection was a mess. And then mm-hmm. they showed Halo Infinite, you know, it being what it was, which I was like, okay, this looks kind of like Halo, but then like it's a little more open worldy, I guess. Uh, but mm-hmm. if they showed that after like having Master Chief Collection still be a mess, that would have they would have been fucking done. Like nobody would buy an Xbox. <laughs> You'd be out of your mind. Uh, I, but I've been, they I've been saying for for ten around. years what the Halo series needs is a new map for Halo Three, so. I'm really, yeah. really excited. Some some people agree, and that's exactly <laughs> what they think. Is that was the last good Halo game? Uh, I I liked Reach. Uh, I had fun with four, but like, Reach was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I definitely Halo have friends Wars. who are like Halo Three is the best, and uh, they they never moved on. They, they would All not accept. Units? Were you guys as negative on the infinite footage as ever? Like as the uh, masses were. It looked. I mean, do I you guys think, have any hard opinions on Halo? I didn't and, think it looked like. Oh my god, this is next gen. But I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, no, this looks like Halo. Yeah, I don't, that's my thought too. It looked like Halo. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care about. Um, like, it's cool when games look really technically impressive, but if it's a good Halo game, I don't care if it looks like Halo One. Um, yeah, for- and so it never. I never really. The thing that I was more concerned about is it just didn't it sounded like kind of a messy structure. So what, what mm-hmm. I was more worried about was more what they were saying about it rather than the footage itself. Well, yeah, yeah they also like, weren't showing very much. So yeah. Yeah. For like speaking personally, like visual fidelity doesn't matter that much to me Yeah, these days. Yeah. Like everything looks just like at a base level, just looks pretty good. And like, you know, I like some indie games that are fucking ugly. So like the visual fidelity never bothered me, even with whatever it was, that brute that looked hella ugly that people were just like mm-hmm. memeing up. Uh, can't remember Craig or whatever. Yeah, thank you. Like that stuff never bothered me, but yeah, no, like Pat, it's all about the gameplay. It's all about how it actually feels in the structure. And with that stuff seeming nebulous at best, like (laughs) the I I was less sold on that, but I wasn't super negative on it. Like the general tide was. Right. I kind of I liked the art style, honestly. I don't think everything needs to be ray tracing. I agree. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Halo was always about the gunplay, so if that if it feels good, it, that's fine with me, I guess. So. I, I think the biggest thing for me is I'm never going to be back in the situation where I was playing Halo, which for me was always Fair. at my friend's house playing LAN because I didn't have an Xbox. Um, so like multiplayer with my friends, like you know, doing Forge or whatever, doing zombies, that was my Halo experience. And I'm I'm just not gonna get back to like where we've got twelve people all together landing up an Xbox, sitting on the floor sure. of my friends. Like, you know, his dad went through a midlife crisis, built this ridiculous media <laughs> room with like a projector, and then beneath the projector was two like forty three inch TVs. Honestly, <laughs> nice. if I were Microsoft, I would lean into 
saying like you could totally play this on LAN. If you before they did the two HDMI ports, this time they should have done two USB ports. So you they could, should, or not USB, two LAN Ethernet, ports. Yeah, so you could do what into your should, like wire into your internet and then one just to LAN. They should sell a weird like pizza sized hub where you can pull a bunch of LAN cables, Ethernet cables out, and it mm, connects mm-hmm. them all together. Like the multi-tap oh from the PS2 exactly. with like, Ethernet yes, cables. Yes, like a multi-tap for Xbox Series you to, X. You just you stack them together. It's like the, it's just it's very small, so they all have to be like right next well, to each other. And actually, then it lights on fire because it's it be, way too hot. It'd be like the <laughs> Nvidia SLI like click thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it has twelve ports and it connects in a circle onto a bunch of Xboxes. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? The Game Boy Advance had like it was like a multi-tap, but it was like you could get four of them. Like it was just mm-hmm. like a, yeah, 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 yeah. You just do that, but you have. Like I had 20. no friends it's just like, with Game Boy Advances. <laughs> oh, this all sounds. But terrible. I mean, it, I love it. They t- they should totally make it. They should they should as a joke kind of, but make it functional. Let you play over a LAN. Yeah, maybe what it wouldn't yeah. take any extra like development. Resources. Well, they fucked up and they didn't put a handle on the Xbox Series X. So like, how are you going to take it with you to the to the land? You're, you're carrying like twelve Xbox Series Xs, like the guy that can't hold all the limes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the limes. Oh, I was thinking about the car washing person. No, I can't remember. If there, there might be lemons. It's like a black and white image, so it's hard to tell. All right. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, Anyways, the, I, I know what you're talking about, Pat. Uh, I googled Next. guy who can't hold his limes. Yep, I'm <laughs> well, sure about to there. It is limes. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. limes uh, guy. <laughs> Stock photo. It's a good. It's a classic. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking uh, now, and this will probably be our our. I was gonna say you gotta you gotta Photoshop in some Xboxes on. <laughs> okay, I got it. Oh uh, yeah, this is. I have seen this. Never mind. You're right. Uh-huh. It's, it's ancient memes. Um, it's a great Twitter Next account. news story: uh, Valheim is super successful. We talked about it earlier; over a million yep. units in their first week, and it's early access, right? So, yep. right, yep. only you know, hopefully, good things, and this helps them, you know, put more resources in and do whatever they need to do to make it the best game it can be. Yep. Yeah, they got to be well, feeling good about their roadmap now. Yep. That seems like. A million copies in a week is pretty insane, actually, if you think about it. Like, especially for an indie game like that. Yeah. If that would have happened, like, yeah. it, like let's say back in what two thousand? When did Super Meat Boy come out? Like two thousand nine, two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand nine. Somewhere around there. Like, um, did Super Meat Boy sell a million? Like, I don't even remember. But like, it, I'm the sure fact it has that it by sold, now. Like, but but like the fact that it sold like two hundred thousand back then was mm-hmm. like. Wow, that's a huge achievement for an indie team. But now we have a team of four people that sold a million in a week. That's nuts. That's awesome. It says good yep. things about the industry. And it's cool that it's um, a genre that is kind of tapped Niche. out to a degree. Um, right. Like survival games blew up and mm-hmm. were so huge for a long time because of Minecraft. But now there's sort of, it feels like there isn't this, they're like quietly super successful. Like Ark is quietly a hugely popular game. Um, and Rust. Yeah, and but so it's cool to see one that's so indie, like sell so much on its launch week in that genre. Uh, yeah. yeah, it, it was Meat awesome. Boy came out October twentieth, twenty ten, and it oh. took until uh, but, 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 January third, twenty twelve. Team Meat announced on Twitter that the game had surpassed a million units, a million, huh. a million sales. So two so years, like two years. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's August. kind of more like, like just over a year, just over a year, and like change. Oh, okay. 
this feels like a game that it's opposite to what normally happens for these types of games. I feel like Twitch will normally pick up a game like this and then it becomes hugely popular because of the streamers. But I feel like the, I I saw the, uh, it was charting already on steam and there was hardly anyone streaming it yet. So it kind of went reverse. Mm. It it made it through on its own merits, which is kind of uh, rad to see. Yeah. I think Pat, when you brought it up last week, I, don't think it was the it even had a presence on Twitch, did it? As I mean, I don't keep up with Twitch that closely, but no, I mean it did have they they started growing an audience, but yeah, I don't think it started. We felt it feels more like it it was popular on Steam first, and then yeah, which is cool. it's also so funny if you look at it, it's clear that they didn't expect to have this kind of success because the server browser is not equipped oh to handle the ridiculous <laughs> no. numbers of servers. It's so simple; it's literally just like. You can filter by your friends' games or by community servers. Yeah. And that's the only filter. And then you can type in a name and it'll filter out stuff that doesn't mm-hmm. have the text. But like, it it's takes constantly forever. a nightmare to connect to my server because it's hard to find and the direct connect doesn't always work. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. And I think we briefly touched on it with her when she was here, or it might have been before the show. I can't remember. Sorry. But when Victoria Tran was here, who is now the community director at Innersloth. Uh, makers of Among Us, it's being on the development side and having a pretty small game suddenly get millions upon millions of players in their case, like lots of millions. Um, like that's a hard thing to come at from a couple of different directions. One, now everybody is focusing on everything you're what, like everything you're saying, um, <laughs> which I imagine is stressful. And then two, yeah, like your infrastructure. Like the the tools you have built, the like server browser or whatever, uh, or servers crashing. But like you said, Valheim, it's all uh, basically P two P servers, right? Like you're getting dedicated servers that run yeah. your your stuff. Yeah. Yep. So like they they don't they don't have centralized servers that they have to worry about so much. But no. Nope. Yeah. Like it's that's a that's a magnitude of like that scale must be so tough to, with like such a small team. It's awesome. Yeah. I imagine they'll I mean, be adding a, some a, people soon. Yeah, it's a good yes. problem to have, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> uh, Agreed. Well, speaking of problems, um, <laughs> CD Projekt Red <laughs> once again. Uh, this bad. time, it doesn't it doesn't seem to be their fault. Like you know, we could get deeper into this, but they were the victim of a ransomware attack. Did this happen yet? Last week? No. Not when we okay. So yeah, the they were victim of a ransomware attack, and the hackers said, "Hey, we have like source code for basically all your games." Did 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 you see the note they actually published alongside this? Yes, Very they 90s. they published the ransom note, which was just <laughs> like oh, a, a, a notepad.txt. Yeah. Uh, thing. Uh, we got your stuff. If you don't want your what did they say? You've been epically toned. Rep- yeah, you don't want your reputation to go further down the shitter than like, it's like what? It's like the most edge lordy shit I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, definitely some angry nerds. Um, so uh, CD Project Red said we are not paying the ransom. Uh, yeah. No, they said no. Like user data was part of the leak, but it sounds like maybe maybe um, employee data yeah, like was HR in there. Stuff. Yeah, um, Which, that sucks. That's really bad. It does. Um, 
but they did so they did not uh, pay uh, the ransom and it sounds like on a deep dark web auction that uh, sold the information sold for like seven million US I believe I saw. oh I didn't hear that that's crazy. yeah it yeah is uh, well, I believe that could be wrong but that's so weird to me though okay so they're selling source code right mm-hmm. I assume that's what they sold what's someone gonna do with that? Uh, no like, idea. They can't use they can't use it. Like if they use that source code to make a new game, that's immediately going to get picked up, and mm-hmm. like that's it. That game I is just going to be sold. Like like or like it, it's going to be so many breaches of copyright that like it's just mm-hmm. going to be sued to the ground. So they can't do that. Like they can't find exploits because they're not really multiplayer games. So it's not like you're going to be. Messing with any kind of microtransaction kind I mean, of stuff. So it's not going to break an economy. Yeah, Gwent is. Yeah, but they, re- they, they released Gwent on their own without selling it. That's the first yeah. one that came out. So, yeah. like, even that one, like, the Gwent one is definitely a big problem for their microtransactions, mm-hmm. but I don't know what the end goal is of buying source code like that. I, I who knows? Uh, so like joke source, so it's got sending a message game yeah. development engine uh, for the games. Uh, well, I I yeah. saw some speculation that it is possible that it is someone coming from a market where they can't really be prosecuted. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So like there's they're in like Chinese and Russian markets. It's hard for CD Projekt mm, to go copyright. after them, and yeah. they can use that. That stuff as building blocks for their own game development. Jeez, mm. um, mm. like the engine and stuff um, was uh, was, was what I saw being floated by some developers. I can't remember. If, I don't think Rami was. I saw it because of a thread that he jumped into. I don't think he was one of the people saying that, but there were some people saying that, like, hey, basically, if you if you get these tools, you know, you're dealing with like you're getting some of the best tools ostensibly in the industry that millions and millions of dollars were spent developing. So that's fair. It would be worth it to some developers who can use them without actually getting targeted or prosecuted. Yeah. And as much shit as we have talked about CD Projekt Red over the past several months, like this is this just objectively sucks. Like Oh, it's, it's they, like this is awful. That's awful. Like there's no reason mm. you should anyone yeah. should do that. Like there's good people that work at CD Projekt. Like I'm not saying yeah. everyone that works there is necessarily good, but but like there are people there who this hurts. Um mm. doesn't yeah. help doesn't really like I'm I agree with you August that it is to send a message but I don't think that the message means what the people sending no. it think it means um no. and it doesn't do anything but harm people who are perhaps were perhaps harmed the most by de- the development of of cyberpunk so it's yeah the people who shitty. were crunching <laughs> yeah that's what i mean yeah um, yeah it's really shitty uh and morale uh, at that company has to be like oh yeah i can't even imagine what it's like in the day to day there Right now, yeah. yeah, yeah, especially if all of a sudden, like, uh, I don't know how it works in Poland, but like social security number, social insurance number type stuff. Now, if that's just kind of out there with you know, with you trusted the, the, the security of the company's systems, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like, you are now compromised and you have to throw up flags on like your accounts to be like, hey, I have to watch out for fraud, like, yeah. by no fault of your own, like, that sucks, yeah, yeah, so, um. yeah. Yeah, hopefully the everyone affected by that, like the personal data stuff, is uh, okay and gets out of yeah. there without too much trouble. Um, 
speaking of things that hurt and don't help anyone, Kingdom Hearts is coming to PC exclusive <laughs> to the Epic Game Store. Uh, what part of it time coming? The, uh, oh, the fact the, that it's the, Kingdom Hearts. The whole the whole thing. Every, every word I just said. Should have had um, the sound sample ready. We have to play the. We didn't play the. What you when the, you start talking about Kingdom uh, Hearts? No. No. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> no, it's I can't. Are we talking I can't, about Honey Pop again? I don't know. Yeah, no. I, I can't. I can't capture Utada Hikaru's voice. I'm sorry. Oh. oh no! There we go. Really, That's what it is. That's yes. what it is. There we go. Uh, no, it. I mean, found it. I found it. I was I was thinking more like the classic uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. I was thinking like the not the the intro movie, just the actual song. Simple and clean. Yeah. God. The, the, the like intro part to simple. Well, clean. since it's going to be on PC, you know what that means. There's going to be mods for mods. this game. Don't I don't want to yeah. no. We can get the simple and clean face mod. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll allow that. I just want to play as Kyrie. I just want to point out that like ninety percent of the cast of Kingdom Hearts are minors. Oh, so uh, you can. Okay. So you can you can put in Keanu Reeves with a rock hard cock. God, that, this is what I was talking Mickey about. Mickey Mouse is like ninety. Well, yeah. I mean, and Keanu Reeves is a, is an adult, so whatever. Timeless, some would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, True. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is the king, and um. He's definitely not a child in in Kingdom Hearts. He's not not the the brightest bulb, but he's also not a child. Okay, so uh, you you have a mod. Who do you replace Goofy with? Like who who are you subbing are Goofy you, out with? No, what? Okay, who, who are you subbing Donald out with? Goofy then? dies for you. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sub out the most powerful mage in yeah. Final Fantasy history. Like, what are you talking about? There are the There's you, you every replace f- Sora with Kyrie, no. and that's uh, it. yeah. Okay. But only for the third game. I think I think that they should have made Kyrie the main character of the third game because then you have one game with Sora, one game. Well, in the main three, there are no side games, but like in the numbered games, you have a Sora game, a Roxas game, and then a Kyrie game. That would have been that would have made three a Roxas game is generous. That makes sense. Yeah, fair, but still, it's what Uh, everybody thinks of when they think of that game. But that. It was really funny reading their like statement from the producer on Final Fantasy or on Kingdom Hearts because they're like, we've had a long relationship with Epic ever since Kingdom Hearts HD Prologue 2.8 or whatever. (laughs) It's just like, it was like, it's not that long. (laughs) It was like four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. um, Is this permanent exclusivity or? Timed it's, exclusivity? Do you guys uh, know? Probably timed for like a year. Nobody no. else wants it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're good. Steam was like, no, this is this is too much even for us. Gabe was like, not on my platform. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that it's going to Epic because like w- when they announced the um, Game Pass Final Fantasy stuff, it seemed like Kingdom Hearts would have come along after. Yeah. But, I, oh well. It's funny. I, I might... I don't know. We'll see. Don't Part do of it. It's like I could play Kingdom Hearts again on PC. Oh my god! But you, but why? You know? Because I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, but I don't. You have, you have a PlayStation. Levels. You know? Like, know. is there anything like how much better? I oh, guess I don't think there's quality of better. life mods. Um. Yeah. I, I. It's. Yeah. I'm sure it's not any better oh. on PC. Okay, so when Goofy dies for you, you replace him with Wario's model, and he goes, oh yeah. my god! And then, there you go. Then he dies, because he crashes his car off of a cliff, and then... And Goofy's, Goofy's more back. of a Waluigi. 
if you could go around when, like, with Sora, Waluigi, and Wario, that would be oh yeah, like Donald for Wario and Waluigi. Yeah, it's not wrong. It's not a bad war- idea. You could have Wario yeah. fart for all the spells. Yeah. What? <laughs> Hell yeah. What if? What if this was just a different, a different and new game? <laughs> Super Wario RPG. Yeah. Oh, Nintendo, call me. Wario's Kingdom with hearts. <laughs> Kingdom, Kingdom farts. farts. There you <laughs> go. Farts. Okay. There it is. <laughs> we got there. Um, <laughs> speaking of a kingdom of farts, Google has once again gone and done it. I have actually been on the been on the same end uh, as this person in the story. Uh, the developer of Terraria, one of the developers, uh, creator. Uh, was locked out of their Google account, and because Google has absolutely shit customer service when it comes to this stuff, he just can't access any of his stuff, and because of this, decided to cancel uh, Terraria for Stadia. Do you know what's funny is when I, at least when I interned at Google, which was 10 years ago, so this doesn't mean anything for modern Google. Wow, disclosure. uh, We gives warnings and disclosures all over this place. I think my opinions of Google have been pretty well <laughs> outlined. Um, but uh, th- they have like legion there. They used to have legions of support staff, but it all was just to support AdWords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of it yeah. was there to support any of their consumer products I, I, at all. I saw a ton of people in the thread that this person posted saying they got their AdSense account banned because they got like it was like too popular. So like, no, we're banning your account because it got too popular. What? Yeah. Really? They yeah. will do that stuff, yeah. I don't yeah. oof. No review, nothing, just it's it's you're done. They think of it well, as like you uh, must be gaming it somehow and using doing like exploiting it. Man, Google's mm-hmm. Systems that like sucks. that suck. Like I mean, look at look at YouTube with their fucking DMCA stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Just well, that's random the, demonetization. the other wrinkle is the devs YouTube channel is connected to his Google account, so they're locked out yeah, of their YouTube everything. channel. Like, I mean, email, uh, like everything would be. I d- I do think that like, fine, fuck you. My, the game's canceled is sort of a like sort of temper tantrum response to the issue. <laughs> But at the same time, it's their game, so whatever. Yeah. But it's been—I feel like it's been over a week. He said or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it, took, it, it, it took two, maybe three weeks for it to be resolved on my end. When I had the same thing happen, it—I was just randomly locked out, couldn't access like um, you know, rev, like second accounts, like uh, you know, stuff like that. Just nothing would like get it through. Eventually, like someone on like a forum, like a community person, was able to escalate it to the you know to the support people, and they got me back in. But ridiculous. I don't like. like, I don't understand. Like, is there not like a develop manager developer relations or something that could have helped them out? Like, I I just think so. You would think. Well, no, because they uh, couldn't access their email, so they couldn't get in contact. But like, it's not like that's a small account. Like, I imagine if, like, let's say they're using G Suite for all their communications in that company, and like Terraria has sold what, like, thirty million copies or forty, thirty or forty something, like a, a huge number. Like, it's not a minor mm-hmm. thing. Like, it's a no, large, no project. small fry. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like, but at the same time, to Google, any video game is infinitesimally small compared to their 
like where they're actually making their money and their sure, actual sure. rhythm of business. Yeah. Just, so, but, but more more so the point that like if you suddenly G Suite, if that's what you're using, suddenly you can't use it and then that just throws off your entire shtick. You're you're kind of screwed. Um and so. this is the kind of this is the stuff. This is the kind of stuff that we're like Google Stadia technology, pretty cool. This stuff, total bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Terraria feels like a perfect game to play on Stadia too. You could stream oh, totally. it from basically any medium, computer, TV, phone, and then probably have an okay experience. So like, yeah, especially if you feel like it's a huge loss for the platform. All yeah. twelve people won't be able to play. Terraria Stadia. Thirteen. I'm in there. Yeah, I'm August there. Oh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> there is more than a dozen of us, and I'm devastated. Okay. Baker's I mean, Sa- Sam owns a Stadia controller, right? I think he used it like once. Yeah. <laughs> Or he just canceled it or returned it. I don't remember. Uh, I sold he, it. He, he bought that Stadia controller off eBay. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, he did. He, he probably he still probably I forgot has about it. that. Uh, sitting in a drawer somewhere forgot, where he says he'll eBay. use it. So Sam is a Stadia defender. Um, nah, Stadia, I don't know if I'd go that far. Stadia Stan. Stadia Sam. Stadia. 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 Oh, that sounds like a sounds another like game. game. I'm pretty sure Standia is a thing. Is it like something out of JoJo? Standia and deliver. Nope, not a thing. So yeah, something out of JoJo. Mm. All right, regi- register it. <laughs> something else that doesn't stand is yeah. These, oh no. Uh, this gender discrimination and at Riot, except it, it has been standing for wait a, a while. Minute, wait a minute. You're telling me Riot Games has continuing issues with harassment and abuse of its employees? Riot Games, pillar of the community? Yeah. Riot I don't Games. mean to make light of it, but like, Jesus. Uh, it, how many times have we had this conversation on this yeah. podcast? Like, uh, like, yeah. Riot but, Games, CEO, under investigation for gender discrimination, and yeah, this. <laughs> But it almost makes sense, right? Like everything else feels like a, it's top down. So it almost, yeah. everything else yeah. almost feels like a sip, symptom of the enable being enabled by a CEO who also yeah, is, not, is this maybe same, not a great guy. Was it the CEO? One of the complaints was that whoever it was, and I don't mean this as a joke to laugh at it. I'm actually like, not going to laugh, but like, like going around and touching people's balls or whatever and farting on people like yeah. in their faces. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, what the f- what the fuck? I, yeah. yeah. If that happened where I worked, I would be like, oh, the lawsuits would be flying. Like, Jesus. It's just, it's it's just crazy because a lot of people working, this is their passion, right? Like, they get into this injury because, industry because it's a passion project. Wow. So they probably, they're, I'm not, I don't want to speak for anyone, but there are probably people who in, endure abuse because their passion drives them to want to work on a project. Absolutely. So it's it's just especially twisted for me. And the industry like pushes people to accept abuse as part of like, you know, if you want to be here, you need to put up with this stuff. Right. Uh, Well, it's one of the reasons that there's very few senior developers in games. It's because Mm -hmm. people leave to go to more stable places, to more civilized places, frankly. Mm -hmm. Like, like, uh, that's what happened with me. I worked in games and I was like, fuck this. And now I, I develop for just a regular software house. Like, it's you it, 
but when it gets to this, where it's people's like you know dream job levels, like people dream of working at Riot because it's one of the biggest and you know it has one of the far, furthest reaches around the world, and then you have to deal with that bullshit on a day to day basis. It's also oh, so uh, fresh. Sorry. Sorry, just one quick correction. Yeah. Uh, Chris from chat says it was the CFO that did all that stuff. It gotcha. Okay, okay. thank CFO. you, thank you for that. Were they one um, of the founders? Is that right? I believe. Yeah, maybe. Not, yeah. Um, the 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 thing that it just cherry on, is like the cherry on top to me of how awful all this is is like I see Riot is very into pushing the diversity of their teams at this point, mm-hmm. like at this stage of their image rebuilding, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good that they're diversifying their teams and it's certainly not the fault of the people that are like the people they're bringing in, but to see a, like literally I saw this news story on Twitter right above a like Valorant developer panel. And it was a very diverse group of developers. And it's just like, this is really important to stuff that you're doing. And clearly at the top level, they don't give a fuck about actually like, following through on the reasons why it's important and all it is to them is just like virtue signaling. Yeah. That's what, that's what it is for them. And it's awful because it's a really important thing that they're doing that they need to be doing, but there's no heart in it at the high level. Yeah. Yeah, Like being to be pessimistic about it. Like you wonder if it's all just performative, like it's just an image image boost. Like they don't actually I'm sure for their top management. It is at this point when you see stories like this and it's, it sucks. Um, there's a really it's it's a um, totally different industry, but Reply All is doing a series on um, Bon Appetit right now and Condé Nast. Oh yeah, 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 really good. Highly yeah. recommend checking out because it's a. I think there's probably a lot of parallels to this sort of stuff um, with with what's happening there. Um, Who's so, doing that? Uh, it's on Reply All. It's Shruti Penamanini that is the uh, the the reporter on it. I'll check that. out. I watched a ton of Bon Appetit up until. Last summer, whenever, whenever that yeah, happened, they, yeah. the first two there's, there's two episodes out right now. Um, she's had she, I don't I won't go on a huge tangent, but she's she's taking a really good approach where she's only interviewing the people of color that are she's only reporting their like reporting their story. She talked to other people. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, she on the show. Yeah. She's only yeah. including the the interviews that she had with the people of color there um, to really highlight those issues. Um, even though she talked to like people all over the company. Um, so it's mm-hmm. it's really good. The next the yeah, current really current two really episodes good. are about like their the magazine mainly, but the next part's going to be about the the YouTube channel and mm-hmm. everything that happened there. Nice. Yeah, they call it the Test Kitchen. I think that's what the series is called. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely worth a listen. Uh, uh, I I do want to want to say that on the riot stuff that like there are people there who are trying to like make it like a better place. Yep. And, you know, there's always, you oh, absolutely. know, we said it with like CD Projekt Red, like there are people there who are trying to improve it. Like uh, we know people personally yeah. at Riot who are like, that's what I mean. People that's trying to improve the culture there, but that's yeah, why I make when that it's point. Top da- when it's top down, yeah. like, there's only so much you can do. You can't there's treat really anything like a monolith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. If you don't, the, the thing that's so hard, and this is why I bring up that Bon Appetit thing is if you don't have there's those people are working really hard in spite of against all this from the yeah. top management but if you don't have the support of top level management in like corporations like this it's very hard to make anything stick at a cultural level yeah and so i feel i just feel a lot of empathy for the people there that um that are trying to do that work uh because it's hard okay. and it's hard to be put in that position when management is like actively working against you mm-hmm. um so or like, sucks. 
undermining your efforts. Like you have yeah. put in a year of effort that is like catching hold here in this company, and then management does one extremely shitty thing, and then all of a sudden everything is back to square one. You know, and yeah. it's like it's definitely the, not that I'm arguing with you, but it's also definitely not one extremely shitty thing, right? It's the shitty, extremely well, shitty thing we're hearing about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this means that it's Fair. probably happening every day. Um, and and yeah. it's constantly undermining that work. So it's yeah, it yeah, no, sucks. totally fair. It's a good decision. Yeah, and this isn't this happened today. This is this happened over a period of time. Yeah, and this is yes. now it now it's coming out. Right. This is, and according to the story from the Esports Observer, the, this person in question is the CEO of Riot, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. the CFO. The CFO also is bad. The CFO, oh, yeah, this, oh, the, the, CFO, oh. the yes. CFO was the ball touching fart person. Oh, okay, yes. okay, that's who. We're, okay, that was the CFO you yeah. were talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry. That <laughs> yeah, I thought that that was not the CEO, but yeah, that's my point. Is that the whole management team there seems just like, and I don't know. I don't. The CFO might have left or something. Um, uh, he was put on leave, paid yeah. leave or something. Yeah, yeah. Some half sucks. step just yep. sucks and um, sucks because Riot's games are with some issues with their community, pretty good right now. So lo- yeah. yeah. Love and Valorant. Valorant. Yeah. Valorant is good except for the kernel shit. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not yeah, that, that does bother me the, um, but the, uh, you know, I've told the story many times, but Valorant is just the, the community sucks. So unless you have a full team yes. of people to play with, it's awful. It's an awful experience. It's like the yeah. polar opposite of hell let loose where I've had a good time being like, Hey, I'm not very experienced at this and people help. It's like, yeah. fuck you. I'm going to call you slurs now for not being good at this. Yeah. I uh, just want to shout out to the reporter on this story, James Fudge. It's a good name. Oh, that's an excellent name. Like, for how shitty the story is. <laughs> Hell yeah, James Fudge. I, can I take us off track for just like two seconds here? Sure. I, have, I have a question about this. Absolutely so, not. To your this point, is between on track only. <laughs> I'm so, I just feel like I'm going on a lot of tangents. So oh, shut, shut me up if you need to. That's that's not my show. So what, but, one piece of feedback: more dragon fucking. <laughs> yes. All right. I thought I was going to get sued for that, but Greg, Greg and I have talked talked through it. I think we'll have a, a weekly segment. Um, anyway, uh, to your point about Valorant, the Valorant community community versus the Hell Let Loose community. What at what stage does does a developer owe anything to their community regarding like moderation of the experience of their community? Like it's it's I don't want to say like policing, but I've had similar experiences where I've I played Counter Strike in the past. I played Valorant. I play with like a core group of guys, but if I go play a solo game, I almost always have a poor experience. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. It's almost an enabled poor experience. It depends. Like, is there any sort of responsibility there? What I so. think there is. I think it depends on the scale of the issue, and it depends largely on like how, like, Hell Out Loose as an example is a fairly small team. Um, I don't think that they're as small as like Iron Gate, the Valheim people, but it's 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 not a huge studio. I if if like. People saying something shitty in the te- in the team chat on text or on voice or whatever. If they're not getting banned quickly, I can let it. Go. I mean, I understand. Um, Valorant is to me a different issue because Riot has been doing this for a long time, so I feel mm-hmm. like they should have good rules in place to prevent that stuff. And then a lot of it is 
developers can kind of tone set for some of this stuff. Um, and mm. if you make it very clear that toxicity isn't welcome through your general action as a developer, I think that it helps a lot. Yeah. And Riot doesn't really address that stuff on larger platforms. Um, I don't think that the team behind Valorant, they seem like cool people. I don't think that they want people to act toxic in their game. But right. they also don't put out big trailers about how like being nice to each other is cool. They put out big trailers of, of like, look at these guns and these abilities and kill each other. You know, like it's tough for me to think that they're really doing much, but on the flip side, you know, with league, they've come a long way in combating toxicity within the league of legends community, the extent now where there's still assholes, but like, I don't play that much league, but I play every now and then. And it's so much better the, to, to interact with people in that game than it was 10 years ago. Uh, so, yeah. um, it just depends. So I, but I do uh, think that they bear uh, some responsibility for sure. You have something like uh, Rainbow Six Siege, which went, and even Overwatch did some stuff with like auto moderation. Um, mm -hmm. Like yeah. Rainbow Six Siege went so far as like you're just, you're kicked and you're banned for like, you know, a set time if you put in like certain keywords. I don't know how it works with the, uh, with the voice chat, but at least with like text chat, they're just like, detected you're gone you're out of this yeah. game yeah which and so, then like overwatch did some stuff with like oh gg easy and like but they're like no oh, yeah, you're not you can't right. say that like oh night good game or yes whatever. i love that work. approach yeah where it makes it like passive aggressive which so, became um, its own it kind of thing, thing. Yeah, but like still, there's like an is, attempt there misguided or not but yeah it was funny but so um august directly to what you're saying i actually had like a multi-hour conversation with victoria tran about this exact subject um, oh, okay. It wasn't. It wasn't like a recorded conversation. It wasn't anything like. But I'll try and sum it up. Where, like, she talked about how with Among Us, they moderation is something they really have to think about, and mm -hmm. it's an interesting problem for them because it's an all ages game. Like technically, like it's a right. family game. Like it's something that kids play, and it's like okay, well, communication is the core of our game. How do we moderate this? Like, okay, what if we take away the chat and just have preset things that people can say? Well, that takes away like the core of the game, so they can't do that. And like, okay, do they start censoring everything? Well, it's like no, because like some people are going to want to play that and they're going to feel oppressed if like we're taking away the freedom of speech, blah blah blah, because it's like a big enough community that it's right. going to cause a stink. So it's like it is something that developers have to think about. And Pat, what you said is actually pretty much where uh, the conclusion laid, and it it comes from. You know, seeing how the developers or the community managers or whoever interacts with the community. If they're promoting positivity, then that's going to float back to the community, hopefully. And if like they're kind of shitty, then you know that the community's gonna be kind of shitty. Silent. So, yeah. Or silent, yeah. Like if there's no interaction, then you know, that's arguably worse. And then yeah, like we talked about things like how Dota did it. Like, yes, you have the reports, and then people who get reported enough they all get into the low priority queue, so they're playing with each other. It's just like this super toxic Ben pull or bullpen rather, uh, bullpen of just people that like you know are terrible, and then eventually they want to get out of there and not go back. Or there's the commendation system, where you're commending people who do a great job, who are positively contributing, and like giving them actually like like pats on the back rather than you know just kind of passive. So there's multiple approaches. I don't know if anyone is right because it is really contextual to the team. It's contextual to the community. 
it's there's no I one answer i think if you look at a some at a game like mordhow which was a game that i really loved when it first came out oh yeah um, that's a, and that's a cautionary tale isn't it yeah and so like the developer <laughs> basically like through their official forum channels were like we're not moderating it's not our job we don't have any responsibility for this and and then like their forums quickly were taken over by white supremacists that were yep. saying openly racist white supremacist and sexist things like, mm-hmm. you know, while women can't hold swords, that's why there aren't women in the game kind of shit. And because the developer took a hands-off approach, first of all, I think the developer agreed with them, um, is my theory. Don't have anything to back that up other than their inaction, but I'm guessing that the developers saw that and said, yeah, we'd post this kind of shit. Um, and the fact that they did nothing to, to, to moderate that I on their forums it. made yeah. that immediately seep into the game. And so every time you're playing the game, you get, and I uninstalled it and don't play it specifically because the community is trash. That game's fun to play, but like, I am not going to subject myself to that kind of communication. I think right. another approach you can take when you're operating at a huge scale is that call of duty approach where, um, you can just not, you can just turn you off turn chat off. <laughs> right? and you never have to talk to anybody. So I, I yeah. It, that sometimes ends up being reductive, though, like in the case of like a, a tactical game, like a Valorant, yeah, like where absolutely. communication is key. So like, and that's the struggle. I, I agree. Like sometimes it's just like you don't need to interact with this. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I've just been thinking about it a lot lately. I will say, There's, like Infinity Awards community developer is real cool, and she's like very anti toxicity and stuff. And I do mm, think yeah. that you know that game's on such a huge scale that it's impossible to to delete to get rid of it entirely, but. Modern warfare is a much better experience, even with chat on, than with it off. And and it's because that sort of positivity and commitment to fighting toxicity that she has just trickles through the whole product and through all of the community, even if they're not really aware of it because of the stuff, the subtle things that that they're doing um, at a developer level to kind of influence communication. I guess right. It's con- it's conditioning the community for lack of a better term, which. Yep. Positive, and one last one I'll go, I'll throw out there is uh, Apex Legends by just having a really robust system like the ping, ping system, system and all that, and like the callouts. Like you don't necessarily need to communicate if you don't feel like like if you if you aren't comfortable with it, like you don't have to because the systems in place are so good. And I think if you look at the tone of Apex Legends versus the tone of Valorant. Apex Legends is so colorful, has so much character. The peep, the char- the characters themselves, the legends, are like diverse in terms of their like cultural backgrounds, but also diverse in terms of their like personalities and stuff. And you so you get mm-hmm. this like very, very it's very vibrant. And I think it attracts more people who want that sort of positive experience. And um, you know, Valorant has a diverse roster as well, but they the characters have so much less character to me than they do in apex sure. and it feels much more like you can look at that and go like well i don't even give a shit with these characters who they are because i'm all i all i see them as is a tool set um and so i think sure. that that is a great example of how like developing the game to be friendlier and more positive is a tool towards better community interactions yeah and like you said with Mordhow, how inaction or just lack of presence can totally ruin it and to be clear, so, that's why I say that I assume the developers are cool with that stuff because they don't do anything to dissuade it and it's on their official forums. So to me, that's just an endorsement of like, we're fine with this. Um, and it sucks. <laughs> it's, it's awful. Yeah. Open the chivalry 2 dev is not as shitty. 
<laughs> well, yeah. Uh, thanks for thanks for uh, letting me take you on that tangent. I've just yeah. Been, no, sometimes any, you end up in that in a dark hole on the internet, and you just find bad, bad, bad things, you know. And I'm just like, oh man, like, is anyone doing it right? So, um, just something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Yeah, uh, we should get Vicky Tran on here again, and you, and we'll just have a nice shootout talking about all this kind of stuff from a you low level. I lo- loved would love that. <laughs> uh, I'll have my agent call her up. <laughs> long distance. She's in Canada, right? She's yeah. in Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> get the, get that collect card ready. Uh, next up, <laughs> EA and Bioware. This old chestnut. Everyone's getting are... asses out of Anthem. <laughs> 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 Actually. Uh, the they are reevaluating, or they are taking the time to audit the Anthem Next update that has been kind of like the Wetworks team has been in there doing the work to see what would take to get Anthem updated and like kind of revamped, and maybe maybe bigger butts. Maybe they need to they're going to take the ass from Mass Effect and put it into Anthem, so everyone who's mm-hmm. mad about mass effect right now and the asses can have yeah, a new game just, to play so they make the, they, they make the people mad and then they make them happy with the with another game gets the people going it's the yeah. ea, what, EA they're, they're just every javelin is going to be assless javelin just that's what flying, it was, right? yeah I, flying through I, the I air just if iron man was wearing assless chaps javelin is such a good name for that stuff man it anthem is. should have been cool it is but or, parts of it were cool yeah, flying was I cool but like um and yeah, just give one of the javelins a Miranda outfit. It just no, give Miranda a javelin. <laughs> oh, <you> shit. <laughs> Anthem but, is yeah, one so, of those titles, man. I uh, when I first saw it, I was like, "Is there room with Destiny and like the Division mm-hmm. out for another one of these?" I don't. I don't. I still don't know. It turns if out the no, answer is yes. Not. Yeah. The the problem wasn't there wasn't room. The problem was it just wasn't good. Like, oh, yeah. Like well, yeah. I, I I like mechanically. Like I love flying around in the game and like the idea the ideas behind the abilities and that stuff was interesting, but it was just very shallow. Yep. Totally. And I think okay. So like you kind of mentioned, Andre. There's the Wetworks team that's kind of been working away at it chipping away at it it's like a team of 30 people i think or something around there yeah basically basically they're they're not even they're not making the update but they're like okay here's where we would want to go and what we would need to do to get there and so now they're auditing to see is this worth pursuing yeah and the two outcomes are essentially either yes they get the team which is about triple so about a team of 90 people Mm -hmm. Or they cancel it and anthem's done basically yeah like it's it's really one of those two options and honestly even I can see EA, even if like what they propose is interesting and cool, I can still see EA dropping it because sure. Anthem doesn't have that much clout. Like when we saw um, uh, 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 the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, we saw everybody reacting to that. Like people didn't really like Andromeda that much. Like it was an okay game, but like it, like Bioware's name has been dragged through the mud a lot in the past few years, and Andromeda was a big part of it recently. But then they saw the reaction to the Legendary Edition trailer where people were like, oh, Garrus, fuck yeah. Oh, man, like no problem. It's like they see that and they're like, oh, okay, so Mass Effect's still wonderful. But Anthem, like no one's psyched about Anthem. I, I, I don't th- this is why I think if 
what the if the update looks good, I think it's absolutely in their interest to to do it because if they can put out Anthem next and it's good and like people like it, they will EA will have secured like social capital mm-hmm. for the next decade. And the SEO is did. done already for Anthem, you know. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I know what That's it is. So. But like, and, like, like maybe it goes through a Final Fantasy fourteen style rebirth, like, and it comes out mm-hmm. way better the other end, and that would be ideal. That'd be great. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that they can do it. Uh, what I what they showed in their like, here are some things that are happening with Anthem next. I was like, it's no reason to. So I don't see a reason here to play this over Destiny. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, the flying was fun, but I, <laughs> I don't, it's, it's kind of like the flying, flying around as Iron Man in Avengers, not as good as flying an Anthem, but it's also fun. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. that game sucks. I, I, so your reaction is actually <laughs> the reaction I have to the flying an Anthem. I thought the flying an Anthem was boring and like a chore. <laughs> That's maybe exactly that's how part of it. Describe Iron Man's flying. No, I agree. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is it's just like it doesn't hold up. It, it doesn't do. There's nothing there. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't do anything. It's just like it, so. Okay. Well, no, so, but it does because of the way they designed the like the world and like that's how you get around. Whereas in Avengers, you have to get around all those areas, except for like you know one or two like story missions. Uh, you have to get around all those areas on foot too, because I just didn't most, think the areas most characters can't fly. I mean, so, they're not, but flying around was cool. Okay, so yeah. Andre, Pat, and August, if you played either or both, tier ranks for uh, flying around as Iron Man, like A, B, C, D, E, F, S tier. What is Don't it for, for 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 Avengers? We'll say oh, if, uh, uh, that's, that, B. That's that's a, that's B? a C? F. Z tier. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> wow. Okay, and how about for Anthem for both of y'all? No, that's that's S. about the same. B. So I do think the, the Anthem average, flying Anthem is no, better. Uh, so than the Avengers. the problem the problem with Anthem is that like they put a limit on it, and maybe that that yes. makes it yes. that can it sucks. it sucks that can make it interesting if you have like. Because it is cool to like fly around and then fly like oh I need to fly through this waterfall. Uh, okay. That's like a neat idea, but. In practice, right. it's kind of annoying, especially when like so, the, the heavier one is like, I can fly like sixty feet sucks. and then I gotta stop. Oh yeah, that sucks. But Pat, uh, tier rank for Ace Combat. What do you mean? S Flying in it. Ace Combat is an S tier game. Ace Combat <laughs> yeah. is incredibly good. What's that's that's S where you should for be strange doing real. Well, yeah. I, was just, I was just gonna ask, is there like a human like a human style flying game? That is just S-tier? cause three, just cause two. <laughs> um, I can't. Oh, um, Far, the Far wing Cry suit. three. The wingsuit and steep is real good. Uh, yeah, I forgot about uh, that. Yeah. What else has you flying as a Riders human? Republic? There was some Saints old PS two game I used to play where you were like a mech that could be a plane or a half Superman. plane. Superman sixty four. Uh, nope. Yeah. Um, I don't know that Dragon, game. Dragon Ball Z. Name? Uh, I'll 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 uh, text my buddy and and get back yeah. to you guys. But right. PS2 yeah, game where you were flying around, Dragon. So Ball? yeah, you were no like there's a you were uh, basically a mech suit and you had three different modes. You were a plane or you were like a half android slash plane or you had like a human 
style it's not, mode. It's not Zone it's of the just Enders, a, is it? Yeah, I was going to say Zone of the Enders. I but Kojima don't think Banger. so. Um, the other thing would just be like a Gundam game. But yeah, it was it was Gundam like? That's that's for certain. I can't think of any really good. Maybe that Iron Man VR game that's supposed to be good. Yeah. Either way, I don't know what they do to Anthem to make it better. Like, no. let's say the flying. Let's say the flying is a B tier, which is acceptable. Whatever. But yeah, like it's the, fine. The I don't rest, have the rest. The rest of the game is D to F tier. Like, yeah. what parts of that do they have to raise up to make they, the overall rating? Like, they need to B-tier. make the content, like the stuff you're doing, just more interesting. Because basically, like, and that's the problem all these games have. Like, the narrative wasn't interesting the like the moment to moment like service stuff wasn't interesting the cosmetics were very limited like destruction all stars uh the weapons were very limited you couldn't change your weapons out in the field like you had to come back and like you couldn't change your abilities so like that is one of the things they said they're changing that's just like a quality of life like thing that should have been in the game from the start that game should have been monster hunter but yeah. like a loot shooter. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the way they structured it. It, it. Everything was there for it to be the kind of game where you go out for like quick, quick 10 to 20 minute missions where you're fighting cool monsters and like getting a, getting loot to make yourself stronger. And instead it was like, they tried to do like weird mm-hmm. open world destiny shit. And it sucked. I mean, because Destiny plays really well. I have lots of issues with Destiny, but the shooting in it is so good. Yeah. If you can't compete on that level, you're done already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why it's going to be really hard for them to to make it work. So well, do we all fall I, on the side that Anthem's probably toast? I, I, I don't I so. want it to. I don't want it to be like, oh, I, I don't either. I, I love I, I think. I'll There's tell you something I love about chance. Anthem. The visual, some of the visual design and the look of the way the javelins looked mm. and like moved was really cool. So, yeah. I, I, I want them to chance have their words. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hope it does. Like, I've been, like, since they said, like, Anthem next, I've been like, this is this is their chance. I want, I want to see Anthem next because part of me really liked Anthem, but then it was just like, there were too many, like, it was death by a thousand cuts. And then uh, like I finished it and I was like, I don't, I don't need to continue with the story because it's not that interesting. And I didn't buy it because I just did like the EA like access or whatever origin. premiere. What if hear me out? What if EA and Bioware in an unprecedented move join forces with square Enix and crystal dynamics and they put the flying from Anthem into kingdom hearts three. Anthem. Into <laughs> Avengers, and then Avengers is better because it has better flying, and then also they fix all the other bad stuff about that game that sucks. So they take one bad service game and put it together with another bad service game, and suddenly the, it's good. One plus one is two, right? Like, come on, <laughs> it's gonna work. I just want Avengers to be good. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I'd like that too. I, I, I don't know if Square will give it the chance, like. EA giving at least giving Bioware the chance to like I don't know like I mean Disney I don't know I so we Disney don't have to go pissed. on a long tangent about yeah. it but yeah that's the issue right is like Disney I wonder mm-hmm. if Square has to keep it alive and has mm-hmm. to put the effort in or Disney is going to be like hey 
Excuse hey. us. <laughs> um, this is the largest entertainment IP in the world currently. Because um, going to need like, you to fix this. Square will go to hell and back for Final Fantasy. Like they'll do anything for Final well, Fantasy. Yeah, but that's their big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for Western studios, I mean, we've seen it time just, and again. Yeah. They just they Look don't give they a did shit. Yeah. Crystal yeah, Dynamics. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like Crystal Dynamics, IO, uh, Eidos. Is Eidos even still there? Eidos. Eidos, yeah. Eidos, yeah, whatever. Um, uh, and then, like, their Square Enix Montreal stuff, like the Hitman Go developers, and oh, like, yeah. that, that team's gone. They're very uh, willing like, to jettison. They, they put, like, such high expectations on the Western studios, and then... They're like, oh well, you didn't meet this. Goodbye. Yeah. Or you know, yeah. you're you're on you're on shit patrol. Uh, Probably so. end up buying Avengers again on PS5 to play as Spider Man like a chump. Like a chump, hey! Like a yep. chump, hey! Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's me. Did it all for the Spidey. DLSS is now available as a plugin for UDK. <laughs> Alex, explain why this is on our news story. That was such a good transition, though. <laughs> um, so DLSS, yeah, we don't have to dive too deep into it. I'm not going to turn this into coding fix. Deep but... learning super sampling. I think that is actually the acronym, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Um, so that is the thing that with NVIDIA cards, your GTX 3080s and 2080s and all that kind of stuff, where you can it can render at like 1080p, so pretty l- relatively low resolution, and then upscale it dynamically to 4K, and it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really effective. Like if you've yeah. ever tried it, it's fantastic. So you're getting like nice 4K ray trace stuff, but it's not as taxing on your computer. Uh, So it's a really great tool to have. And the games it works with, it works with really well, but the the list Mm -hmm. isn't huge. Like it's probably what, like 50 or 60 games overall, and they're all pretty much AAA games. And they're Um, newer stuff. Uh, What, like a Red Dead or... Like control uh, was a big one. Like, control, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, control, cyberpunk. cyberpunk actually has really good deal uh, support. You need yeah. it to play that yes. game. Uh, the medium needs it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, one thing I do not up. care for with DLSS is it seems like developers are kind of leaning on it. The ones that are using it are leaning on it. Sure. And going, our game is going to run like shit at native resolution. But if you DLSS it, it'll be. Fine. It's not a. It's not an. It's not a um, replacement for optimization. But I think specifically the games mentioned there are doing some pretty wild vis- visual stuff. That I get it for those. But I, yeah. I think it would could be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got Watch Dogs Legion. You got Monster Hunter World. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking. You have F1 2020 stuff like mm-hmm. that. So like stuff with pretty decent visual fidelity. Anthem apparently used it back in the day. Huh. What? But, uh, yeah. Wild. Apparently. I didn't know that. That's funny. I was just looking at the list. And yeah, it's probably like 50 games. So it's not a huge list, but the fact that it's now available as a plugin for Unreal means any developer can just add it to their game for free, basically. So they don't have to worry about licensing it through NVIDIA. So NVIDIA doesn't have to curate it. Uh, NVIDIA has released this plugin so that you can integrate into the game. And I don't know how the licensing structure works there. I don't know if they're going to have to pay royalties or you know put the logo at the start of the game or whatever, but... 
Isn't a whole thing with DLSS though that basically they feed the game like Nvidia is running it in like supercomputers and like basically running as many permutations of the game as they can, getting as much frame data as they can to then like machine learn their way into these upscaling situations. That's so, like, for sure. Yeah. Don't they? Does that like to use it? Doesn't that mean you also have to like go to Nvidia and be like, "Hey, put our game on your supercomputer." I'm not sure how they're actually handling that. Um, that's a fair question because, like, if you're doing any kind of training, like, look at stuff for uh, deep fakes. Like, mm-hmm. to do a yeah. deep fake on one person's face can take weeks, depending on how how you do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they're actually handling the rendering for this or like the uh, the learning process for this because AI and machine learning requires all that shit. Um, but conceptually, the fact that it's there is great because it means that you are going to be able yes. to see it on a broad a broader range of releases. And yeah, putting that tool in people's hands is just going to be better all around. Yeah, basically. definitely. Like the more so, accessibility for that stuff is good. Yeah, and it means. Nvidia is being a bit less shitty about it because they have been a little bit shitty about who they let use it. Um, it's mm-hmm. kind of like whoever will line their pockets the most, yeah. basically. So it's a bit more uh, consumer friendly is the wrong word, but developer friendly, I guess. I wonder if this has anything to do with the uh, AMD cards being decent. Maybe uh-huh. finally they finally have competition, so that could be it. You know, yeah, everyone's getting Fidelity FX or whatever. <laughs> who knows alright well that's it for news this week hopefully we didn't miss anything oh we probably did it's fine yeah no like uh, no valentine's news this week no like uh, who's the sexiest Turian in the galaxy come on Garrus yeah, I mean we no, know no. But, uh, Saren has some energy. <laughs> oh, oh, you, you, you're, a, you're like a bad boy. You like a, you like a Draco Malfoy. Type. I'm just saying, Saren is like, has that thing going where he's like being, he's being manipulated by the. You evil. can fix him. Yes, I could yeah. manipulate that boy. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. For for as many issues as the game had, Vetronix was pretty good in Andromeda. I didn't. I, I don't. I don't can't say. I don't, I, played, who, I don't know who that she is. Was the, she she was the Lady Turian. Uh, I'm just cool. Garrus. Garrus got that scar. He's too. Garrus is too. Oh, okay, well, Saren's got some scars. Emotional and otherwise. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a scarred boy. If you and, see Ga- and Garrus is just so confident. Like I'm, he intimidates me. That's confidence is sexy. He will calibrate to some to some people. Yeah, I get it. But no, I don't know. I see. Pad just wants to manipulate. That's, I also uh, just like the first uh, aspect more than the other ones. So yeah. Garrus is in that first one. Yeah, but also not as much not as much butt in the first match. Also, Garrus is very adversarial at first in the first one. So, oh yeah, very much. Csec is not cool with Shepard. I mean, Saren is too, but there's more like tension with with Saren. You know, Garrus is more like I would prefer to have nothing to do with you, which I get. It is a turn on for some people, but. <laughs> Uh, we were just talking about that earlier with uh, what, what was it? Uh, I don't even remember. We we talked about that exact thing earlier in the show. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, it's been a long show. <laughs> what, what did we discuss? Was who? 
Elha? No, that doesn't make any sense. Lady Dimitrescu. That was last episode. That's going to be every episode. Yes, Forever. now until the end of the year. Now until game of the year. I should play uh, Resident Evil 8 this year. I should just do it. Have you played 7? Nope. You should play 7. Yep. You should play I 7. I should play 2. And but yeah, but 2 is, but two like, is also good. Two, two is good. Seven is more like more pressing. This is a this is a Dark Souls and Yeast year, so we'll see. Uh, se- like seven is like a, a six eight hour game, six to eight hours. Yeah, I'm sure I can squeeze it in. Uh, maybe six to nine if you're feeling nice about it. Do you have to? I mean, like if I just know who Leon and Chris are, is that like all you need for seven? Uh, Leon, you know, Leon is. You don't need to know anything to go into seven. Okay. Well, yeah, seven I know that there's. I know it ties back into related. all the lore, but at the very end, yeah, at the very end, you know who I am. Yeah, yeah, but but literally, like it's basically a reboot. Yeah, I know. So anyway, reboot. Oh, can we do a reboot watch through? Oh no, you said the word reboot's <laughs> like an activation watch. word for Alex. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Enzo and like Dot the, and you start and, a reboot watch. Rewatch, and then we can have Andre- we'll do, Andrea. We'll do a we'll do a Scooby Doo podcast. And, 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 and Andrea's Andrea's name is spelled A N D R A I because she's an AI. Andrea. Nobody's there to to hit the off switch. That's gonna do it for episode one fifty nine of the Gaming Fix podcast on February thirteenth, twenty twenty one. Happy Valentine's Day, y'all. I have been your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your partner's favorite Final Fantasy. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter, at Fix Podcasts, on Twitch, at Gaming Fix. You can have fix.space to find more podcasts, Comic Fix, Coding Fix, reviews. I'm going to have a review of The Medium going up probably on sunday i hope that that should be the intent it's written it just needs to be formatted and put in the put in the back end if you know what i'm saying yeah i know valentine's day baby (laughs) you got there (laughs) content content with the content uh Uh, you can find me (laughs) On Twitter at Coolslaw C O O L S L four W. August, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at It's Bread Time, and you can find Bread Radio on pretty pretty much any podcasting app you listen to. So, thanks again for having me on, guys. It's it's been a real and privilege. This was fun. No, yeah, it was great. Thanks for joining. Me. Definitely. Yeah. Anytime you want. Also, yeah. Yeah, we'll Absolutely. have to we'll have to get you guys on on uh, Bread Radio as well at, at some point. Sweet, um, with, with, we'll have our right. people talk. When do your episodes come out? Uh, they we typically record on Thursdays and post on Friday, but uh, we can we can make something work. I know everyone's on different schedules. Oh yeah, no, that's that's real nice. Uh, just you know, for the listener, so they know. We're, I don't know how many people actually listen to this whole three-hour show, but you know, <laughs> those who made it, they can find <laughs> out. Oh, okay, got to look for those episodes on Friday. At where can people find you? 
can find me at PJC plays um, where I'm posting uh, hot dark souls fits uh, as I come across <laughs> them. Okay. And Alex, where can people find you? Uh, you can listen to the latest episode of coding fix, which came out on Wednesday. It was a fun What's one. This one about it's all about binary bits and bytes. It's explaining what all of that means. So if you've ever wanted to know what, you know what, 16 bit and 64 bit and all that means, Hey, more of a 69 bit fan myself. But. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All uh, the you, Valentine's content at the end. You Love can it. also, <laughs> speaking of Valentine's, you can also check out uh, comic book fix number four, which came out a little late, but we made it yesterday. Um, where we talked about venom, the most romantic of, Superheroes. I mean, sorry, like, sorry, Venom. That that character. Is this a reference I'm not getting? Yes, the Eminem song. Okay. Eminem song at the end of the Venom oh, movie, okay. Venom. where he goes Venom, and <laughs> okay. I make Sam say it that way multiple times in the episode because it's funny. Okay. Wow. Uh, I think I don't, I don't know. Sam's reading One Piece now. He's messaging me privately about his One Piece uh, obsession now, oh, and no. he's he's telling me he's going to be solo parenting tomorrow, and how his child just watches himself now. So he's just going to read One Piece all day. <laughs> so maybe there'll be a One Piece comic fix in the near future. Oh, we'll no. see. Uh, Sam One Piece fix, baby. Pirate. Yep. Uh, he he's he's just but a wee babe early in the adventures. Um, but it's only whole like crew. only chapter like two hundred. No, not even. He's like in like fifty, maybe. How many chapters are there? Over a thousand now. We're like okay, one of great. one thousand one thousand and three now. I think. Uh, I have to see. There's probably a new one I haven't read yet. Uh, but anyway, thanks for joining us once again, August. We'll be back next week with another episode of the podcast. Same time, same place. Goodbye, everybody. Stay wet, gamers. Good. Oh, God. You didn't forget. Mm-hmm. I didn't forget. You removed it from the document, but I will not forget. <laughs> I, w- I need to write like a post-it note and keep it on my monitor or on my mic. Or just be wet. That's my secret cap. Play some ball. I'm always wet. Okay, bye. Bye bye.